Tonight's final bout is for the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship, scheduled for one fall or two curfew. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. The Lost of the Titans. In the passion and death of their struggle, the very art that had raised them to such Olympian heights was lost. Their techniques vanished. Referee giving instructions here to both principals, and this should be one whale of a match to wind up things here in Madison Square Garden. All right, fans of the Titans of Wrestling, if you're digging this show, you got to know that we've been doing them for a while. We've got an archive of shows that you're going to blow your mind. Just head on over to the Place to Be Nation to check them out. Titans of Wrestling Archives, you know you want to hear it. This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com. The only place to be in your pop culture world. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Titans of Wrestling. Uh, I'm here with, who goes first? Pete, the lead analyst. How are you doing, Pete? Doing good. How are you doing, Parv? Fine, fine. Um, And uh, Johnny, how are you? I'm uh, outstanding. Uh, This is, I'm I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to talk about this show. (laughs) And uh, the Chief J historian, the job lover himself, Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and yes, I'm excited too. This is going to be a fun one, I think. Yep. Uh, well, why don't you tell us uh, what we're doing this week? Okay, well, we are back in 1975, um, right in the thick of things here, uh, Madison Square Garden, April 14th, to be precise. And the headline that evening was, at that point maybe the biggest match they'd ever promoted. Uh, one of them for sure. Uh, the Greek death match between Bruno Sammartino and Spiros Arion. And as we'll see, this card is full of uh, interesting uh, people, <laughs> interesting performers, uh, interesting performances. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's of the shows we've watched um, from 75 so far. I think this is definitely my favorite one. So it's going to be fun. Right, so what was the date on the card again? April 14th. April 14th, MSG, 1975. Let's just get straight in, shall we? Um, The first match uh, that we're going to be looking at, Tony Altamore, former partner, of course, of uh, Louis Albano. Uh, What were they called? The Sicilians. Mm -hmm. Sicilians, yes. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so Tony Altamore taking on Mike Pedusas, um, now, I thought, reading the captain that came up, it was Mike Paid USA. <laughs> um, oh, is but, that what that... that I, you, you posted that in the chat, and I was like, what is he talking to? Did he get the wrong chat? I have no idea what Oh, really? I've met a breakdown. It no, took it, me a few seconds, up. but I clicked on that one, right? No, it came up, the captain came up, Mike Paid USA's. Yeah. Um, which I believe is a spelling error, right? Uh, it's actually there's well, <laughs> there was if there was an error in grammar on this show, I'm assuming the ring announcer was doing the titles then as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, the guy can't announce a single thing. No, he's the yeah. worst. When you can't say pronounce Valentine, you know you're in trouble. The prevailing theme in my notes is I, the angrier and angrier I get at this guy. Oh, <laughs> I just he, I hate him. He's the worst. If you're wondering who, who who announced before Howard Finkel at MSG, it was this fucking guy. <laughs> I don't know who he is. Jack Lee. Is. I think that's his name, right? Jack Lee. I think it's Jack Lee. Now we we have given great tribute to um, you know the Joe McHughes and people like that on this show in the past. <laughs> Gary Michael Capetta, of course. This guy is the pit. He is the worst. <laughs> the where do they where do they dig him up from? It's literally like uh, Tony Altamore <laughs> taking on. <laughs> Dude, he, he it, it, I got it. It's all in my notes throughout the matches. He there's just actual just English words he can't pronounce, <laughs> besides names. You know, yeah. it's it's the he he, you know, he looks and he's so he's just disgusting to look at. Just this fat mess. There were ring announcers at indie shows who were better than him. Uh, he looks like uh, if if you filled him full of helium and floated him down Fifth Avenue, he'd be like the balloon at the Macy's Day Parade that gives children nightmares. <laughs> Awful. It looks like Jab- he's licking his lips like Jabba the Hutt. Uh. Yeah. Under Wrestle Kingdom 9, the Japanese uh, ring announcer pronounced the American names better than this clown. Uh, <laughs> and and, and it was, that's not even his first language. <laughs> it's, he's the worst. Yeah, the, the the one the one other thing I wanted to mention just before this match starts was the was the ref here as well. He this ref was so old. Uh, I mean, I wrote it in the night. How old was he? <laughs> if he took a bump, he looked like he would legit die. This guy. He must have been in his set sixties, maybe. Set. Yeah, I don't know what he looked like to me with his gray pants up to his uh, armpits and his gray shirt. And all. He looked like every like. He looked like some like an old clan member from Mississippi Burning or something like that. He, the guy sitting in the barbershop. We don't like your kind around here. Yeah, I, I thought their <laughs> outfits were like they were already dressed like that, so they could. They were also doubling as the janitors for after the. Uh, Very after possible. The Very you possible. Know? It's the curtain oh, yeah. jerker. <laughs> he, he, and he was the lower card. Right? He's the you jobber know? referee. <laughs> Dick Kroll came in for the main match. <laughs> yeah. Young Dick Kroll. Yeah. So anyway, this is our first, isn't this our first look, real look at a lower card match from 75? I think it probably is like the lowest card match we've seen. Kelly and I, I think so, yeah. Because on the other cards we looked at, we didn't look at near as many matches, that's for sure. So I understand you have some uh, notes on Mike Producer. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, before we get to that, um, Johnny, can you just give a brief kind of description of the two competitors here? Okay. Um, so you got Altamore, or Altamore, and Altamore actually like yells at him. He's like, Altamore, you dumb fuck. <laughs> okay, Altamore looks like he's he's old, and every old Italian guy mustache but it's a 70s so he's, he's his hair's kind of shaggy because it's that's the look and he's got the, yeah he's got the poly walnuts hair you know <laughs> for sopranos it's all white on the sides and it's yeah. swept up but it's like poly walnuts in the 70s or he looks like the, the worst undercover cop 
you know, trying to look like a hippie, you know, <laughs> and he's getting dumpy and, uh, and then Altamore looks like um, Ernest Borgnine from Marty uh, <laughs> yeah. in black, in black underwear, basically. My, my thought Baltimore, was that if Frank Zappa really, really let himself go in the 70s, he might look a bit like uh, Altamore. Um, okay, so my, my producer, Kelly, who is this uh, chap? Uh, he actually had a pretty interesting and varied career. I mean, as soon as I saw this guy, I had to research him. I, I you know, I, I saw this name in the listings for months, and I, I the person i pictured in my mind totally wasn't <laughs> this guy i was expecting someone at least like 25 years younger but uh uh at the time of this match he was 51 um actually altimore was only 46 at this time <laughs> yeah. believe it or not so yeah Man, really that's some that's some hard living that's two years out of 46 and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm Italian. I'm wondering, is it going to happen overnight? And I'm going to look that old? Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, Pedusas, um did play um, college ball football for the University of Tennessee. Vince alludes to this um, a few times. I think he calls him an All-American, which it seems like Vince refers to every guy who had like a run-in with football at some point in their life as an All-American, which is probably bullshit. I, I did actually look if he was an All-American. I couldn't find any any listing of him. But he did play for the University of Tennessee in the mid-1940s. Um, he, wearing a leather helmet. Yeah. Pro- well, yeah. <laughs> totally. Oh this God. guy is, like, you know, the, the oldest wrestler we've encountered yet, I think. <laughs> oh, he's amazing. Um he started wrestling in Chicago in 1950, or at least that's the earliest results I could find. And then he just went everywhere. Uh, he touched every territory, basically, that you could possibly go to. Uh, Central States, St. Louis, Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas, very long run in the Carolinas, uh, Toronto, Texas, Minnesota, Montreal, in 1956, he had a match with uh, Yvonne Robert at the Montreal Forum, which meant he was, you know, that's a main event match right there. So he did hit the main event in Montreal, if nowhere else. I uh, wrestled in Stampede, Tennessee, San Francisco, the AWA, LA, Tri-States, Amarillo. Um, and he worked under a mask quite a few times, so that'll endear him to me. Um, as the Black Secret, or the Dark Secret. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, there's other good ones, too. He was also the mystery man and the rebel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the man of a bunch of weird-ass masked identities. (laughs) Mike Pedusas. Mike Pedusas was the mystery man. He was the mystery man, yeah. He couldn't look like like a less mysterious man. I know. <laughs> Every Joe Blow you've ever run into on the street in New York. Oh, is that just the Black Secret? Yeah, the Black Secret. That's kind of Billy D. Williams role, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Black Exploitation movie. 
1975, probably. <laughs> the secret is he's white. <laughs> what a twist. Oh, when it turned it up. Turned it down. Yeah, I bet being from Tennessee, he probably had a lot of black secrets. <laughs> oh, Pete. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> the, the mask was a clan mask. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> oh. he, had a, he had a pointy mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh who knows? Oh, I mean, he, and it looks like he was mostly a heel, actually, throughout the years. Um, he wrestled in the South a lot. Um, if you grew up in, like, the Carolina area, Tennessee, Georgia, Texas in the 50s and 60s and early 70s, you would have known this guy because he was there for like long runs in all of those areas. But mostly a mid-carder, it looks like, and mostly a heel, like I said. Um, he first came to New York in 1968 and then kind of uh, came back off and on over the years from then on. And his last match, uh, or at least the last result I could find, was in 1979, January 20th, losing to someone named Dave Darrow. At the Boston Garden, so he ended it in a big uh, arena. So that's Mike Pedusis. Uh, what a man! <laughs> well, okay. Um, well, there he is. Uh, I'm st- what was the name of that actress who uh, was in all those films that you mentioned before, Pete? She could be in the Black Secret as well. Vanity. Oh, vanity. vanity. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> vanity project. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> that's, that's like Thomas Jefferson's black secret. And calling her an actress is pretty, uh, pretty nice. <laughs> well, she, was, she, was, she was like, uh, like a kind of B level yeah. pop star, right? We At least you didn't call her a thespian. thespian <laughs> you're talking about. <laughs> she was, she was one of the many Prince girls. Yeah. She was in purple, right? Vanity? Uh, no, that was Apollonia. Oh, Okay, never mind. But vanity is part of the harem of Prince Chicks. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, what do we make of this match? Uh, uh, Pete. Okay. You know going in when Vince is already talking about how both these guys are seasoned veterans right off the bat <laughs> of the lockup, you know this is has a chance to be pretty rough. Um, I thought Altimore's... Uh, Stalling was pretty fun, uh, and he actually had a had a great charisma to him, so it actually worked. Um, but throughout the match, you hear Vince has just had a bunch of subtle jabs yeah. uh, throughout the match and stuff, knowing we're having a pretty crappy uh, thing. Um, and pretty much Pedosa, whatever his name is, goes over <laughs> with a kind of funny-looking finish. Um, it's kind of your typical old man MSG match. Uh, but if you know, if you compare like Altimore to the Baron, I thought the Altimore had like more charisma, natural charisma than the Baron, if that means anything. Now, I was a little bit confused by booking here. I mean, what was the purpose <laughs> of this match? Um, what? Like, yeah, obviously it's just curtain jerking to take up some time. But was Mike Producers getting push? Yeah, <laughs> it just well, was like. It's exactly, it's exactly what you said. It's the curtain jerking match, and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, they usually use it to push somebody, though, right? No, no, no. Like the early '80s. I mean, I'm telling you, going to so many Houston Coliseum matches for the WWF, or 
I mean, it was like Sam Houston versus Sunny Sandy Beach. Um, uh, so many of those type of things. Underneath oh, I would, yeah, I would, yeah, we would get stuff like Sal, not Sal, I don't know, he was gone by then, but uh, what am I thinking of? Like Jim Powers versus Steve Lombardi. Yeah. yeah. It just, that's what it was. It doesn't didn't mean a thing. No one was getting it. We've seen the Baron pushed over guys who. We've seen the Baron put over guys who are clearly getting pushed, right? Like a Tito Santana or Teddy right, Biondi. Yeah, it's too. Yeah. Well, well, that, I don't that, think it was usually the opening, opening, opening match. It was an undercard match, but it, I don't know if it was the actual first match. I mean, these cards, <laughs> you go look in the history of the WWE.com. Yeah, I got that movies. up right now. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, you hear when the people, when the network first rolled out, people were bitching about how they're only showing half the card. Uh, I mean, really, the, the bottom half it, uh, was so unnecessary to watch. I mean, you know, you got to be a hardcore uh, collector or hardcore nut job to want to watch some of these, all, the whole entire card, because yeah. really, uh, the first two or three is just like garbage. I mean, yeah. we you, we watched that one 10-match shit fest. <laughs> and I mean, how many, I mean, there was like seven or eight just discardable matches. You could have booked. You could have. You could have had your own. Uh, had, own had your own lethal lottery with the job squad, and it had the same. Uh, it was interesting, you know. Yeah, and and Barbie also remember they're they're not booking this as a TV show to where you're like, oh god, I'm watching this. I'm like, it, it's booked yeah. for that live audience, and it worked that way, having that much like chafe, chafe, chaff. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it just that worked with a way to build up those crowds at that time. It would never work now. Uh, yeah, and then the business model was totally different. Like now, I think the yeah. business model is, is all about having really good matches uh, for for a lot of it. So they were trying to build an exciting card, uh, having like a hot opening match, and get everyone pumped. Here, I don't. They, they, that wasn't that. There was about drawing money, and there was only a handful of guys who drew drew money. Well, nowadays, a lot of it's the brand who draws uh, draws the money. Yeah, I can remember how su- sorry how surprising it was in uh, for WrestleMania ten where the first match, uh, Bret Hart and Owen Hart, was such an awesome match because that was unheard of up yeah. until that point. It was like, wow, the first match is is you know the match of the night. That's that was that never yeah. happened before. And like even at house shows now, what they go for in like uh, that opening match is not slow and old, but it's undercard and fun. Yeah, there's, doesn't mean a thing. Like yeah, I saw, a lot of times you'll see a Zack Ryder. Or, yeah, well, I, I saw I, the one I just, I just saw. It was a Slater and O'Neill and yeah. Hornswoggle versus a Matador, the, the midget bull, and the, someone else because the other Matador was hurt. And it was a lot of fun, and it didn't mean anything. Okay, um, so I just want to go back on something, uh, Kelly Jack E. Lee. Yes. Ugh. Now. Are you sure that he is the man that you've sent me? In I am not a hundred percent sure because there was an other announcer after this guy and before Finkel, and I don't know his name either. Well, because if this Wikipedia entry is correct, he would have been thirty-nine. Right. On the, on the yeah. Day this so this no must way. be no the way. guy uh, before Finkel and after this other guy. That's who Jack Ely is. The guy for tonight's show is still unknown. I knew Jack Lee was somebody from that era. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to see if I can find out who he is before the end of the Yeah, yeah, we got the whole show to figure it out. Find, find um, out who he is so I can add him to my Dick Whirly hate club. 
<laughs> why didn't you uh, Why didn't you tell us what you made of this one, uh, uh, Johnny? Yeah, well, I liked uh, the opening uh, trippy modern art MSG graphics yeah. for 1975. <laughs> that, was the, that was the hip shit right there. Um, I liked Altimore uh, doing the, like the like Three Stooges hand gestures when he's talking, like because he's an Italian and we talk with our hands. <laughs> like, yeah, this is Stonats over here. Wow, what do you think of that? He's uh, uh, no good. I love the uh, the pulling of hair, the not you know the accused pulling of chest hair, and then Altimore pulls his ba- uh, uh, Mike's back hair. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls him to the mat with his back hair. <laughs> Never saw that before. Um, I like the fact that they're going for an Italian versus Greek motif uh, on this show because yeah, Patensis is a Greek name. Yeah, so they're opening with a, a, a Italian versus a Greek, and the big main events in Italian versus a Greek. I liked the. Uh, if you notice, there was like one of the popcorn peanut salesman guy with the rainbow hat. <laughs> I saw him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he goes down into the front row and ducks like low, like because he's supposed to be working, but he wants to watch <laughs> the fucking match. And he's all ducked down, and you see him. He looks over at a guy, like he says something. He goes, "Yeah," reaches down, grabs a bag of peanuts, and just tosses it at the guy. Peanut <laughs> guy, peanut guy he was yeah, here. I'm watching Tony Altamore. <laughs> that grabbed me. Otherwise, uh, I have nothing to add. <laughs> so, well, I, I have an update. Uh, thanks to wrestling classics on this, we can always right. count on somebody. Um, this oh, okay. is the, the right. So, pre-Finkel MSG announcers. Okay, we can even make a little timeline here. Awesome. First of all, there was the iconic Joe Humphreys, who did both boxing and wrestling up until his death. Until 1936. <laughs> okay, we're going way back. <laughs> I don't think we have footage of that stuff, Parkman. <laughs> then there was a chap called Johnny Addy, who was in the mix in the 60s and the 70s, okay? And also Bob Freed, who did it from the 50s to the 70s as well. And they used to alternate, they used to alternate between Bob Freed and Johnny Addy. <laughs> um, and then Jack E. Lee was uh, was in there as well. Um, so, by my calculations, the man that we're talking about is Bob Free. Yeah, that sounds right. So we've seen him before because I remembered the whole like, yeah, great guy. Yep, Arnold yep. Scullin. So I know we've seen him before, but he, yeah, not, this is like, oh my god, this guy's just the dirt worst. Yeah. And, and for completists, um, between the guy from the 30s and Bob Freed, mm. from the 30s to the 50s, there was Harry Ballow <laughs> as well. <laughs> Every last one of these so. names is perfect. All of these names are absolutely perfect. <laughs> Sweaty arena. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but of all of them, the very worst was Bob Freed. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, probably the first time he's been mentioned by anyone in about 20 years now, now hopefully, hopefully this is Bob Freed and we're not like in, you know, committing libel against the real Bob Freed who was not this awful clown so uh, I'm just getting that, that apology out there for wrong <laughs> <laughs> well uh, Kelly uh, oh, wait, wait, one last thing did you notice at the end of the match Norman fell 
bounced up from the crowd with a big cigar. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> There's some great faces in the crowd tonight. Uh, I, I, this match is is amazing. I've, um, <laughs> it's you remember the match between Dom and the Baron from many many shows ago. I, I called that the anti work rate masterpiece. Um, I think this match. Altamore and Fiducis has replaced Dom and Baron as the anti-workrate masterpiece. This one of my notes that I made later is that I'd love to show this to like the voices of wrestling guys or like those <laughs> New Japan addicts out there and and force them to watch this and and you know just as torture almost. <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we, we should we should absolutely as a joke insist. That yes. That yes. Awesome. Yeah, they just don't understand wrestling. Yeah, well, it is awesome in a way. It is pro wrestling. It is. <laughs> this is pro wrestling as it used to be. You know, there's nothing pretty about it. There's no, you know, it's just what it is. It's just wrestling. Um, you know, what's funny is that um, I'm back in Wales at the moment, and uh, I had to watch the footage obviously for the show, and I ha- I was sitting with my mum. And, uh, you know, she was on her iPad or whatever. And I was like, look, I have to put on some wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she, she start, we were sitting there and it was really quiet. And we were watching this match. <laughs> By two minutes in, my mum was just quiet. She was just watching it. She was actually watching it. I was, I was watching it. And she turned to me and she said, I cannot believe you still watch this shit. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing missing was... Where did I fail you as a mother? Yeah. No, no, she's just like, she's like, aren't you a professor? What's wrong with you? Where, where, did, where, where did we go wrong? I thought you outgrew this. I knew it was a mistake to make you those that stupid IRS outfit and wear it to school. <laughs> Warped his young mind. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, this is I was just... like, at least you're not wearing that jacket with the dollar sign on the back. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Dude, well, it's still in the closet, right, Mom? Yes, it's still in the closet. <laughs> Cleans it every day. I'm going to go wear it right now. How do you look at it? It doesn't even fit anymore, part. I don't care. <laughs> So yeah, Vince repeatedly stresses like how old these guys are, you know, <laughs> subtly, and he must have been thinking like, "What is my dad doing?" You know, booking these two old fuckers, and he's probably thinking, "I would never do this if I was in charge." Um, and it's amazing to think Vince was actually only 29 years old when this show was recorded, if you can believe it. Um, it just seems odd to ever think that he was that young for some reason. Um, but yeah, this match, I mean, yeah, Altimore was, was pretty fun in it. Um, I'd like to see more of them. Actually. I love the, the sideburns, the white sideburns. <laughs> Amazing. I, look. I've done some on the fly research, uh, you know, cause, uh, that's what I'm, I can do. <laughs> that's what the internet allows us to do. Yes. And, um, Johnny Addy basically is a legendary boxing announcer. He's like, for example, if you do a search on Johnny Addy, loads of images of him with Muhammad Ali come up. Okay. He's a celebrity and so on. Uh, so it seems like Addy did a lot of the boxing cards and only occasionally did wrestling cards. Yeah. Um, Bob Freed was known as Friendly Bob Freed. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, on, on, on children's playgrounds. <laughs> um, and he, he he was one of two ring announcers they used a lot. 
The other one was Smiling Sam Mason, who did Washington Cards. Smiling. Um, no. <laughs> but anyway, Friendly Bob Freed is definitely the announcer that we're talking about. And I'm oh not kidding God. you. That, that couldn't be better. That couldn't be better. I'm not kidding Sam you. He's the, shittest ring, he's the shittest ring announcer I've ever heard. He's friendly. Yeah. And he <laughs> thinks Arnold Scotland's a great guy. He's even mentioned on um, Wikipedia. Wow. So anyway, you you learned it all here on Titans of Wrestling. We give you uh, we give you. Where else would you hear information like that? Nowhere. About? Nowhere. I mean, bravo. talk about a man gotten to the history of wrestling. No, okay? bra- bra- bravo to both of you for your on the air detective work and figuring that out. <laughs> and I mean that with no joking. It's fantastic. Titans exclusive. Um, Okay, well... Maybe Altamore got that spot on the card because he, he's very litigious. Because at the end, he did threaten to sue Vince if he shows this footage on <laughs> Yeah. I, I thought Altamore's... He did a lot of character work here. And I actually kind of dug it. I, I mean... Yeah? It, he was very much a pure heel, I would say, in this match. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know... He was banging off right from the get-go, stalling. Every single piece of offense he did was cheating in some way. <laughs> he was just an absolutely 100% pure heel. I kind of dig that. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, Caduceus was just like... Um, just like uh, Keith said, so, any old... So, so which, which of the Sicilians was the work rate guy? <laughs> right, can you imagine those two? Alpano and Alcimor? They were just... Uh-huh. I'm sure they were great. I would love. I know there's one match on the Chicago uh, archive footage out there that I haven't watched. Um, that I believe is like the only full length Sicilians match out there. So I, I bet they were awesome and probably just great heat magnets. Well, you'd you'd think that two guys are supposed to be mobsters. Uh, that don't do anything that looks <laughs> nice or impressive in the ring. That they should just cheat. They're <laughs> mobsters. Yeah. I loved him shouting at Vince at the end. Show me some respect on the air. Don't ever let this be shown. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. Um, you gotta give and, a little time of credit for trying to steal the uh, heat away from the actual losing the match. Yep. Uh, like Jake was always, Roberts was always awesome at uh, at stuff like that. Um, I, I respect it. Oh, totally. Um, but it, all, all the more, like, seeing Altimore here, like, clearly, you know, the almost bottom of the ladder kind of guy. Um, obviously, he's, you know, on his way out here, or on, you know, on the downslide of his career. But it's all the more remarkable that Vince had him on TNT all those years later. I just, mm. I still can't believe that. It's just one of the most surreal things. And seeing him shout at Vince there, it must have been so strange in 1984. For like Vince now to be at the center of the right. wrestling universe, to have all these old timers come back, and he's like, interview. I'm really fascinated by those interviews that he well, did you did. Well, I would, I would imagine they're all part of the old crony uh, group. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Just, I, I'm sure they never actually really went anywhere. They were probably always just hanging around backstage. And- yep. Playing cards. That's, yeah, they're playing exactly. I bet you. After he retired, he still was backstage for all the shows to play cards. Yeah, hanging out with Albano, maybe. Do you think that they? Do you think Altimore and Albano got on? Who knows? Do you think Altimore had simmering resentment? 
you know, for example, for not being cast as Luigi. <laughs> That's what really got to him. They barely they gotta get in that get in that Luigi joke. Uh, they uh, they barely acknowledged each other on that um, Morton Downey Jr. thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. they were both there. Interesting. Kind of strange. Okay, shall we shall we move on? Yes. Let's move on. Next match, uh, Greg Valentine <coughs> <laughs> taking on Helen Lindsay. Uh, explain the joke so uh, the rest of our audience knows. Um, well, basically, friendly Bob Freed <laughs> can't speak, can't speak, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and he announces him as Greg Valentine. <laughs> Greg the Hammer Valentine! <laughs> Stinks. That's his only job. Think about that. That's the only thing he has to do. Then our next exhibition. The worst announcer. I'm going to ask Kelly this. What the fuck is going on with El Olympico? I know we mentioned it. Yeah, I know. No, I did bring it up last time that, you know, up until 1972, mass wrestlers weren't allowed at MSG, some old kind of rule. And then Mil Mascaris like broke the mask barrier. But in that match that he he wrestled in in MSG in 72, he wrestled the spoiler and the spoiler couldn't wear a mask. So there was this weird, I don't know, double standard for some reason that and this is three years later and for some reason, yeah, El Olimpico has to resort to this cutout uh, face thing that is so dumb. Like, I don't know what is he. I like why even bother with that? Yeah, <laughs> this is the weirdest thing. It looks like right. a guy who has a toothache and he tied something. Yeah, you know? yeah, basically. I was I want... say, it looks like a nun, what, what a nun wears. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> Now imagine the next time my mum looks up, she sees this. Are <laughs> <laughs> you sure you're a professor? <laughs> uh, at one point I turned to her and I said, I think Greg Valentine's going to win this somehow. And it was during a point where Olympico was in a comeback. I was like, mark my words, you'll, you'll come back uh, and win. No, when I... <laughs> I never seen the, 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 the maskless mask. I'd only heard about it. Um, and I always assumed that it was just an extension of, like, what the Destroyer's mask was kind of like. You know, we have the giant eye holes and the giant <laughs> nose uh, all around. And it was just extended, but then maybe at some point fabric met in the middle somewhere. No. Nope. <laughs> it's this stupid fucking head sock. <laughs> And he's all smiling and shit. It's the worst. It's almost like they ribbed him. They cut his mask and cut the face. Yeah. Get out. 
this is one of the stupidest fucking things I've ever seen. <laughs> What's the point? Like, why do you just not wear? I don't know. I think there was like legit uh, regulations and shit. I don't know. Because he get kicked out of the luchador union if he's not wearing a mask. Yeah. He's like, well, technically, I'm still wearing exactly something on my head. So you know, like in the world of uh, lucha, they have um, you know the prestige that is attached to the mask. And, like, you have mask. Can you imagine how, like, how unprestigious is El Olympico's faceless mask? Mike Tenay, Mike Tenay on Nitro explaining the the faceless mask. It's a, it's not a tradition in Mexico, Larry. Uh, no, no, we need to do. It. I honestly want someone to get a still of this, right? And Photoshop my face on into the. <laughs> thing and make that a logo <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever I think it has to be the front cover for this show a picture of uh, there's a few contenders for this uh, front cover oh, actually holy. <laughs> oh, oh. anyway Pete what did you make of off uh, this was uh, Valentin's debut at MSG so yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so we all tied up and it was an Olympico's a shit mask she mask but man <laughs> That hair on the hammer, that, uh, yeah, that, that, I mean, that was just a whole other animal, a whole beast. I don't know, uh, that's like his, Platinum blonde. Yeah, that's the the model, Greg the Greg Val, Greg the model Valentine. You, you know, when he was when he was coming out, I wrote in my notes here a lot of attitude in the young man. Yeah. <laughs> young, young. He looks like he was born old. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that was his teddy boy hair. Yeah, yeah that was badass. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. more kind of character work than Greg usually did when he was coming out. He was kind of cut strutting and yeah. a of, you know, you could tell he'd been hanging out with Flair maybe. Well, yeah. he was a tag team partner. Not yeah. at this point though, I don't think. Seventy five. Uh, it, I, maybe later in '75. Yeah, in '77, I know for sure. Because Flair teamed with Johnny Valentine first, and then after Johnny yeah, Valentine went true. out. Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I got the timeline wrong. Yeah, because it wasn't until '77 when mm-hmm. they started teaming together. '76, uh, I think. Yeah, and I mean, this Flair's just breaking in right now too. Isn't yep. He? Uh, he'd been in the Carolinas for probably about. A year at this year point, at most, right? Yeah. F shot in when seventy three or seventy five? Uh, seventy six. The following year, he does a couple yeah, yeah. shows. Yeah. Sanchez. Okay. Yeah, Sanchez and uh, Johnny Rods. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. The hammer. All right. Uh, the ref uh, looks like he's pulling. Di- okay, I used that joke earlier. Because <laughs> we all covered all this, I had to stuff about Olympico's mask. Are you done? Okay. <laughs> Uh, Valentine, I thought was really working rough, really stiff, especially compared to uh, yeah. Baltimore uh, and Perdicius earlier. Uh, or anybody else in the entire wrestling landscape. Because he probably looked across the ring and saw that stupid fucking mask and was like, yeah. oh, this asshole, I'm going to stiff the shit out. And uh, Valentine's literally looking like a great worker already. He just looks like he knows what he's doing and really lays it in. Um, I just had I liked this match. It had a real competitive feel to it, but but it was obviously Valentine was uh, was uh, like a peg ahead of Olympico or, or a few pegs ahead of him. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but they really worked it pretty cool where Valentine would really start laying it in. And then you see Olympico, and it makes sense. He'd fire up, and then he'd start laying in some uh, real aggressive shots. And uh, they did this back and forth for for about seven minutes. Um, we got, a, you know, the, the lame dropping the elbow or the forearm. That was a pretty lame finish, even for 1975. Um, uh, but, man, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I'd give it, like, two and a half stars for a real good underneath and uh it really shows man valentine got it really understood it right off the bat yeah and, mm-hmm. and he's a becoming like great worker uh that he really became I, I bet you anything he went back and uh ottimore uh scarland uh you know blessy they're all sitting there playing cards or whatever and you know he just come off his first msg win how did i do etc and they probably one of them just looked up you're working too hard, kid. I would buy that, except his dad's Johnny Valentine, and I don't think they're yeah. going to fuck with uh, Johnny Valentine's kid. Well, that, and they probably in no way watched the match, Mad. so... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, he, he probably, I mean, would everybody agree that from this era, from the 75 era, the we've watched for Tyson, he's probably the best. He, he looks like a worker. Uh, he's, he'd obviously well, yeah, be he's, the next he's, he's, worker. Well, he's, I, I believe he'd be, he'd be the first, we're saying this about Greg Valentine, the first young lion <laughs> appearing in this footage that you know is going on to great things. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you know? like, boom, okay. Of course. Yeah, it's easy hindsight being twenty twenty, so uh, it makes it easier to make that call. Uh, that, uh... <laughs> Uh, right, but I, well, I'm not just I'm not just saying it because we know what Valentine's no, going no, to do. I, I mean, he, I mean, he genuinely does look like a step ahead of basically. Oh yeah, other I mean, he looks thing. like he looks like a guy who should be shouldn't be working. Uh, he looks like a guy who should be working in the Carolinas because they worked a more uh, <laughs> up tempo pace than right. the territory in the WWF. He looks like a, a guy who can go in any territory and have a great match type of guy. But but, but as well. Is that he was young too? I mean, yeah. that's a big part of it. This, this is a young Greg Valentine, you know. So, like, but that's what I meant by saying here's a guy who, you know, we're watching all these cards full of established New York guys. Yeah. Here's the debut in MSG of this young guy who's really yeah. good. Uh, yeah, it's just like you compare it to the opener. You have Baltimore yeah. doing a stalling gimmick, and you have the hammer, and uh, and then Olympico just because he has to. Uh, uh, fighting right back with them, you know, throwing stiff ass, nasty forearms. Um, yeah, it was a whole different, whole different character and a whole different level of work and 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 uh, what he was doing. Uh, like you know, Bruno looked hurty and stuff, but Valentine's, you, I believe, were, were probably even more hurt, hurtful than uh, than Bruno's snug work. Mm-hmm. Did he ever have a match with uh, our favorite uh, Pete Briscoe? I'm sure they tape. have, but I don't think it made tape. I don't think it made tape. I know they had some matches in L.A. Uh, around this time, actually. Yeah, we also had the story of Valentine at this point being a bit of a... Basically being the man responsible for getting them pulled off air. Right, yeah, yeah. He And that was building a match against Briscoe. Was he cut a promo on Briscoe uh, when um, they weren't supposed to cut promos hyping shows during the body of the show in L.A.? Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. then they canceled the TV. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I didn't heard that. Uh, yeah. I forgot for momentarily. Oh, yeah. LaBelle. That was it. Mike LaBelle. Yeah. Um, okay. Johnny, any thoughts? Uh, well, well uh, 
I got nothing else besides what we already talked about except for two things. Uh, one, at some point in the crowd, it looked like Lionel Jefferson was getting harassed by the by the cops. Uh, there's a black guy with the exact Lionel Jefferson fro standing up, and the cops coming over and like fucking with him. But besides all that, that bringing up um, Johnny Valentine raised a question that I was thinking. Was it ever in any promotion a major part of Greg Valentine's character that he was Johnny Valentine's son? Well, probably the Carolinas. Um, I, I, I they pushed him as his brother a lot of the time. So. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, th- yeah, yeah. Because well, Johnny insisted on that because he didn't want to come off as being too old. Right. Um, yeah. But I just never remembered it as being anything major in his character. Look, you mentioned, of course, the Carolinas we haven't seen. Yeah. And that's why I'm asking. I thought maybe you'd know. And uh, because like, you'd have Gorilla like casually mention it once in a blue moon. Yeah, Gorilla mentioned it. They, they, they never, with most sons of legends, you know, you're always going to hear about it. Yeah. I, I feel like they put over Larry the Axe Henner more than Johnny Valentine on WFTV. Yeah. You'd always hear them mention uh, Hen- uh, Larry Hennig's neck, 24-inch neck. Right. Uh, Gorilla or Jesse would throw that out. I mean... Well, well, well Johnny Valentine wasn't well-liked. He was a bit of a, a, a dick and a weirdo. And when you also think about it, like you mentioned Gorilla and Jesse. Jesse was a peer of uh, Larry the Axe Right. Anyway. Yeah, and he grew up yeah. watching them in the 60s. And Johnny Valentine worked in New York a lot in the 60s, but I think the he, he after around 1966 or so, he, he stopped working there. So that's maybe part of it, too. Just too long ago. It depends. Like, they put over I and Mike DiBiase in uh, Mid-South, but they never mention him on WFTV. For example, no. Well, like, well, that's because at, at, at the the height of uh, Million Dollar Man, nobody had a past, you know, at all. They were just that yeah. character. Yeah, by that they, point, they'd mention Mister Perfect's dad sometimes. Very like, like early, early, early in his career, and then later in their career when they were doing like a Stu Hart uh, type of thing, and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Later, yeah. The, yeah. They, they stopped calling him Henny. He didn't have. He wasn't. Yeah. Henny yeah. The end of the '80s, beginning of the '90s, was the purest of the cartoon. You yeah. know. That was era. like Vince's pure vision. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Right. Nobody had a past. The only person yeah. who came in with an acknowledged past at that time is Dusty, because you you had to. And even and then, Flair was, came in. And Flair in '92, because with those two. And that's when it started to change a bit. Yeah. Well, they, they, they might have gone in and came in with a history, but they still didn't play up the history. All no, no, no. But you, they did the like with the dusty with those vignettes. Yeah. So it's like, aren't you? And he'd wink. Right. Uh, and, you know, so they because they knew it'd be dumb for them to try it with I, him. I'm yeah. trying to think back if uh, if Coddle would put over Johnny Valentine during the Piper feud. Uh, I, I never heard it. No. I don't recall Not them. We've mentioned. I don't recall the mention name, but one Gordon thing I will Sully, say is that Gordon Sully didn't men- drunkenly mention it during the dog collar match. <laughs> well, one one thing I will say is that if you ever watch any Johnny Johnny Valentine, I've seen clips and things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on that garbage tapes or yeah. some, uh, I think he's got one match against Briscoe Pete. Um, he is like, if you've ever seen him and you've ever seen Greg. The, Greg has a lot of oh totally other style oh, yeah. of work mirror image almost at times like it's uncanny it's scary almost yeah, like, yeah. The off- offensively they're like identical mm-hmm. and, yeah. and then I think I think Greg took a little bit of Ric Flair's bumping 
Uh, not like not in the sense of taking these big bumps, but some of his token bumps, like the front face bump and, and stuff I, like that. I wouldn't be surprised to find. I think uh, that was a Johnny Valentine thing, though. The front face fall. Yeah. But I'm saying, as in Flair, like made it his. Yeah. Didn't Flair acknowledge that he took the flop from Greg? Yeah. That he Johnny. took the flop. Or Johnny, from probably Johnny. Briscoe, the yeah. Over the over the turnbuckle bump. From that was Steve Ray Stevens. Yeah. He, I mean, he he acknowledged that in an interview at some point. Mm-hmm. Was it with Austin? The recent one with Austin that he did. Oh, probably. He went through all of the moves that and where he got them. Yeah. Oh, and in his book, he laid it all out. That was years ago. Yeah, I like to think there's a great made-for-TV movie in the relationship of Greg and uh, Johnny Valentine. Because <laughs> Greg's just so stoic and doesn't... And maybe he, he, he aped his father that much because he's trying to win his love of a father that was always on the road. <laughs> did you ever see the... Um, you know when The Wrestler came out? Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that thing they did of the wrestlers talking about the wrestler? I thought all of, of all of them, the Greg Val- Greg Valentine seemed to be the most affected by it. It's like, yeah, that's basically. Me. Well, I know I read where they interviewed Valentine. Yeah, and Valentine, I think, influenced Mickey Rourke the most of anybody, as far as putting yeah, a character like, together. I mean, yeah, Valentine yeah. was working on top, and now and then he's dang. I mean, he's. Still works in front of fifty people. Yeah. You is know? he still working now, Valentine? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it's far more because I mean, everyone and even, of course, you know, wrestling people started attributing it to themselves. Everyone's like, "It's Jake's story." It's Jake's story. I was like, "No, not really. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Actually, no." Yeah, I think Valentine's the closest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, any. Final thoughts on this, Kelly? Uh, not a lot. We covered uh, quite a bit. The stiffness. I loved how, yeah, Valentine was like, I'd forgotten almost, you know, oh, yeah, this is how wrestlers work. They work stiff, not like Altimore and Pedusis and all the other guys we've seen in slow motion. But um, not that I don't like that stuff, but it was it was nice to see. And then Olympico uh, responded with stiff shots, so it was cool. Um, yeah, and that elbow that Valentine cut off Olympico with right near the end. I just loved that. That was super yeah. stiff. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. Um, I, I actually thought that Olympico's little kind of comeback sequence was pretty good, you know? Yeah, I'd Like, die. he seemed quite ineffective as well, a face. They, they were good, but I think it was set it up was how aggressive and stiff Greg was. So, I mean, if Olympico came up and threw a bunch of pussy shots at him, uh, they, they would have been like a fart in church olympico had a race game to keep up with the valentine yeah yeah there's probably something to that for sure it 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 did i tell you it did remind me a little bit of um you guys have probably forgotten it i actually thought the dbrc in 79 also had elements of this kind of like now is it because they are just young and they don't know any better or are they really trying to impress in front of the msg crowd or because those young guys have really stood out like they just look like they're combination of a lot of things. A lot of them, most of them came from the South, came from those rougher territories yeah. before heading yeah. to New York. So they'd learned a different style. I, I will not stand by and say that Greg Valentine was the only young lad <laughs> we've seen come up here when Teddy was right there in 79. I like how Mr. Uh, Alzheimer's Parv uh, says we probably forgot. <laughs> No, well, I mean, we we I feel like we talk about I feel like we talk about Rick Martel pretty much every week in '81, you know. Mm. So it's it's just like there are some 
it's not that difficult <laughs> to stand out when you're young in this territory. No, oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. If, you're, if you're young and you're working a halfway athletic style, yeah, they've, they've, we've all we've hit them all. Steamboat, Martell, uh, yeah. Youngblood, Kibiasi, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. all those guys. Valentine. Yeah. yeah. No, all look, no, the only uh, the only one who hell, didn't. Even Korea looks like he's working a. <laughs> Totally different style, and, and, and all of those guys eventually come back when they're seasoned veterans, and they're the seasoned veterans. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I'd argue they come back working at a higher level. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the only one, and I don't want to rag on him because we did interview him, Pete. But um, <laughs> Tito didn't really stand out that to me that much in his little seventy nine stint. I, I agree. I, yeah, that's and, true. He was stuck with working the stuck you know, with Putsky, right? And he had Putsky as a partner. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're like putting two chains on his ankles. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, with, with with tag belts as well, yeah. so you know, and it wasn't that bad. You count both Samoans as two ankle things, and then have um, and he's locked. His left hand is locked behind his back. Uh, with with Putsky, so that gives him like one arm to work. Oh no, not at all. No, I'll I'll give you the whole trying to work against the Samoans thing, but having a guy who's that fucking over as your partner when you're the young guy is in no way a shackle. Well, that- I, but then again, I, I'll, all they all they expected he to do was to sell, and that's what he did. So he didn't even get any real standout moments because Putsky was going to get all the uh, all the glory. Well, to be fair, we didn't see a ton of that team really. It yeah, seems we like only two matches. It seems like we saw their title. Win and then their title loss, and with nothing yeah, in between. Well, and they went. There was a couple other ones, but yeah, they're all quick, quick, quick. Yeah, yeah. but Pete, Pete, also that'd be also because to get the best out of that team, you're gonna want the, you know, you, you don't want Putsky. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. Trying to Ricky yeah. Morton, you, what you want Tito? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean to make it sound like there was like some backhanded plan to keep Tito down. That's not what I was. Do, do you think um, Steamboat and Youngblood could get a decent match at this moment? Yes, because uh, I mean, arguably, Torquemato and uh, who was the, who was the partner? Right? Goddamn Dick Brower. I'm wondering <laughs> if they ever actually met when the Samoans were doing their southern uh, excursion. You would we should look. Think. For, I bet you that, that that's very, very likely that those two teams have a match on tape. I would have thought they must have crossed yeah, paths yeah, somewhere on tape. Par. You're, yeah, I don't know about on tape, but they probably did work uh, at some point yeah, somewhere. Not that much. Uh, Steamboat <laughs> and uh, uh, Youngblood on tape to begin with. And that's and, true. Uh, it's, it's mainly against the Briscoes, right? Yeah, Briscoes, a little bit of Sergeant Slaughter and, and Carnoodle. Yeah, uh, and it'd be even rough because I don't even know if the Samoans ever wore Crockett. I don't. Think so. Yeah, and they had a little, mm. uh, had a little uh, run with uh, Snooka and Stevens. They had a couple of matches that made tape. Uh, I mean, I saw Steamboat work. I think it was AFA, and that was horrible. <laughs> Four minutes of oh, the God, WWF, God. and that was terrible. So I don't know. <laughs> okay, but it was like uh, this is '87 AFA, so we're oof, you know, AFA in oh my, he quit by '87. Uh, <laughs> oh dear, dear Lord! Yeah. Yeah. Hogan. Yep. Oh, uh, Sika. Okay, it was Sika. It was Sika. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Sika came back with uh, Curtis Iaquez as manager. Yes, Sika had. That was a that was a weird uh, summer where a bunch of people came in at the same time uh, or brought back and yeah. to see what was going to stick. And like uh, Doug and DiBiase, uh, one man gang, Butch Reed, the big UWF 
crap. That's but he also great. then had like Sika and Kamala came in in eighty seven. Kamala and Dick Slater as the Rebel. And, oh like, yeah, that's you know, it was just a ton of guys. Outback Joe Jack, Joe LaDuke. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and then and then Afa came back to manage the Head Shrinkers in ninety three. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Leads so to the, the great debate about whether or not they should wear shoes. So Afra <laughs> doesn't have another run. Like, I thought Afra had a run against Hogan as well. Maybe not. No. 885? I don't okay. think so. Uh, let's move on. Since we're <laughs> yeah. We're on to something that has nothing to do with our show. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yes. Uh, yes, let's move on. Not to take uh, over your hosting duties, Parv. And steal and steal the Parv's tagline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I did that last time. It works. It works quite well. We all know where we, we can go. It's the magic words. Ladies and gentlemen, the time of the match: seven minutes, forty-nine seconds, and the winner, Valentine. Let's have a look at this next match. It's uh, Waldo Von Erich, who I popped for massive when I saw him. Um, this is Chief J. Shithead himself. Uh, friendly Bob Freed. Uh, what does he call him? A popular Indian. A popular Indian. Um, okay. Uh, did he get all the pronunciation right there? Or did he say Waldo Von Erich or something? <laughs> I think he managed to get Waldo von Eric right, uh, but he's he the, him, the champion of Germany. <laughs> he actually called him the champion of all Germany. All Germany. Of all well, Germany. Well, Germany was split in half. Yes, that's right. East and West. Of course, that, that would be worse. The Nazi is the champion of communist Germany and free Germany. Oh, wow. A Nazi communist, that's the ultimate heel. A Nazi communist <laughs> capitalist. Because <laughs> it, it was East and West Germany. So, <laughs> yes, swastikas and red underwear. <laughs> and, and a burgeoning car business. <laughs> I do have a question for our resident Texas expert here. Pete. Okay. Uh, did anyone ever bring up to Kerry or David that they had a Nazi uncle? No, well, he was. He, I mean, Lance. They, uh, they, they never referred. Well, so did, they never brought up the fact that his uncle, his father, father was a Nazi. Nazi. <laughs> uh, so uh, no. But like, it, Fritz had stopped doing the Nazi thing by seventy-five, right? Like, didn't? Fritz oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what's funny is the fake von Eric Lance is the one that is the most Aryan-looking. Yeah. Superman. Right, and he was supposed to be Waldo's son. In high yeah, quotes. Eric but Waldo was Canadian. Waldo was from uh, Ontario. Or maybe, no, Waldo may have even been uh, Quebecois. Uh, well, Waldo's oh, not no, real, Eric, right? That's great. No. 
Oh, yeah, Waldo's real, not a real buddy, Eric. Yeah, neither is Fritz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nobody Atkinson, is. But yeah, but... Atkinson. Um, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, Canadian Nazis. Yep. <laughs> it's like the Blues Brothers. <laughs> yeah, they won the fucking court case. Who? The fucking Nazi party. I hate Canadian Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they answer the question. They pretty much rewrote history. I mean, yeah, there's no no Nazi blood in the Von Erich. <laughs> so, I think Carrie would have been well, the ultimate Nazi. Yes, yes. It would have been so, like uh, <laughs> But but Lance Lance was the one in the recruiting. It's players. true. He had yeah. the blonde haired blue eyes. <laughs> 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 oh god, am I really going to do this? They probably have like, uh, you know, David as the as the Goebbels. Maybe I don't know. I could go through them all. Um, okay, so this is Strongwell is looking quite lean here. Uh, I would say as this match starts out, um, Irish Whip, big bump over the turnbuckle to start. So big, in fact, that uh, it wipes uh, Strongbow out. He gets counted out. Holy shit, we get a Nazi salute. Yep. What an awesome match. 39 seconds. He, he, well, the Nazi Pearl Harvard. Oh, yeah. But that's the wrong World War II villain reference. So the Nazi invaded Poland on Strongbow and tossed him over the top rope and Sieg Heiled, like you said, and I popped like that cop at ringside who, when he got a, a, a glimpse of the Nazi, started laughing his ass off. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, it takes some fucking balls to do a Nazi salute wow. in front of 20,000 people in 1975. And you saw the, the guard was about to riot. I mean, it was... Yeah, they were fucking pissed. Here's... here's, with that, here's hung with... Strongbow probably taking the biggest bump of his career. Yeah. <laughs> here's here's the thing, okay. Um, I'd always heard about the wrestling Nazis and maybe seen a clip or two in black and white of them in the ring and everything. Or and so oh he wore the helmet, okay. But to see it right in your face, and he's big, and he's wearing not just the helmet, but he's got the iron cross on his tights, the Hitler. <laughs> Uh, shoulder belt that goes down across your chest and everything like that, that's not just like an inferred Nazi that's a goddamn fucking Nazi and I then know. Sieg Hiles I mean this is a full fledged Nazi it's not like well he's Carl Von Hess wore a goddamn cape you know in the 50s this guy is a fucking he looked like Kenneth Mars in the producers <laughs> Franz yeah. Liebkin I mean, like, I was shocked. I was like, wow. And he's Sieg Hiles. Blew my mind. Yeah, I thought this was step one. We saw it later on in the Bruno match, which was step two, on how to build the ultimate heel in New York. I mean, oh. this was freaking amazing. The yeah. Waldo Von Erich uh, presentation of him. Yep. yep. Uh, amazing. Well, I, I got to go into it. I'm just going to go into it We're there from there because you're right. I was like, boy, this is just immediately giving Bruno a new villain. That's mm -hmm. what they're doing on this show. And what better? Because if he's a Nazi, and I looked up his age and everything, I'm like, well, he would have been a kid in Germany during the war, which meant that he was probably in the Hitler Youth. <laughs> and he never gave up. You know, that he's stuck with this his entire life. You know, he still loves his Fuhrer no matter what. 
and, 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 and he was present in Italy at the bottom of that mountain helping to track that Italian woman coming down from the mountains to steal food for her young son who's eating dandelions and snow on the top, you see. And when she was shot that one time, you know, he was the one who pointed her out to the shooter. There she is, come. Uh, there she is, mine hair. And, and then they, she got away. And then he, I, I wanted to cut a promo on Bruno. I was the one who pointed out to kind of muta. And I, I went to the snow, her blood stained it, and I made a snow cone and ate it. And I, I get you again, Shamatino. Boom. Awesome. Thank God uh, Johnny wasn't booking it, because that would have drawn two fucking dollars. Uh, senior presented it so much better. Please. Well, that would be fantastic. Well, I wonder what the actual promos. I bet he did reference, you know, World War II and stuff and, and Bruno's I upbringing, hope. probably. I, I might see if I can, because I've got that uh, little cash uh, cave of uh, promos, audios. I only went through the... Um, the Three Wise Men one. I will see. Uh, was there, did Waldo have a manager here? Uh, I think Blassie manages him. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen a Waldo Von Eric promo that I can recall. I, I will see if I Blassie, can find Blassie, Blassie will manage anybody. He doesn't give a shit. Nazis, communists, Arab terrorists. Fuck it. He don't give a shit. I mean, all kidding aside, this is fucking dark. Like, I mean, like... The war, the war hadn't been that like seventy-five. What? 20, well, thirty years. Thirty years. It's still a bit kind of like you know, he's doing a Nazi salute in front of twenty thousand people, you, dude, dressed no, in full it, uniform. It's but here's the thing: it was right. It was right at that time, though, where it sort of was becoming acceptable to goof around on Nazis. And yeah, that's like, true. Like, I mean, well, the producers did it, and that was shocking. And then it, it was right at that time, like, biker gangs would wear fucking German helmets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could get away with it now. Yeah. Famously, uh, David Bowie did an Nazi salute in uh, 1976. Uh, That's right. Not long after this, uh, mm-hmm. during the, you know, just after Station to Station came out. So, mm-hmm. there you go. Well, one in the world and quiz up. It's true. Um, in the fifties, the German heels were more just German. They weren't Nazis. Like I don't think Hans Schmidt was doing the salutes. They were more like you know the the aristocratic German, more like the right. World War One. The um, what's his face from um, a Grand Illusion? I, his name is totally escaping me. Yeah, with the monocle. Yeah. Well, I mean the the, the Baron Eric von Stronheim. Uh, Sorry, is kind of a carryover from that kind of heel, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. The Baron. Yeah. Um, Baron okay. von Raschke eventually kind of like molded them into a That's right, because he did the goose step and the salute and all that. No, no there's a dude I never got. Baron von <laughs> oh, I loved him. I loved him. <laughs> yeah, well, what's new there? Okay. Um, Johnny in Love's Wrestler Shocker. No, no, dude, the Baron. I just, I have fond memories of watching that old man run live, going, just laughing, going, really. Speaking of old men and opening cards, um, the Baron in Crockett in '86. We we got a lot of that. Did he join Paul Jones' stable? He did. Yes, he joined Paul Jones' stable, and then 
got kicked out and became Jimmy Valiant's friend right at the uh, at the end. It was also with the Russians too. Yes, it was with the Russians as well. Am I have I completely made this up? Did he come in as like power and pains manager yes, at one point? Yes, he did. Yep. 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 Yes, he did. Okay. Right at the very beginning. Any final thoughts on this? Kelly, what did you make of the treatment of uh, the popular Indian here? Uh, well, I knew you'd love this one. Um, I hyped it yes. for several months in advance. <laughs> I wrote down, I'm like, Parv is, is, is cheering a Nazi right now. Does everyone realize that? <laughs> <gasps> but all kidding aside, no, this was it, the perfect it made me way. Feel guilty for about two seconds, but <laughs> I remember. No, it's Strongbow. Uh, this was the perfect way to get someone over as just a killer. I mean, Strongbow's basically the number two guy, uh, number two babyface in the territory, and he's you know he they, he doesn't pin him, but he he beats his ass in thirty nine seconds. Like this was probably Strongbow's oh. worst loss ever in New York at this to this point. Um, and just, yeah, and Bruno comes down and, you know, it's all established. Yeah. Here we go. These guys had worked, uh, or Bruno and Von Erich worked each other quite a bit in the 60s. Uh, so this wasn't going to be a new program. So, but, I mean, yeah. Oh, wow. Great booking. That. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Including a match that apparently went 81 minutes in 1964. I, one, I did have one question about the bump over the turnbuckle, though. I mean... Was it that big that it would be a stretcher job? For the I time, I think so. Yeah. 1975, hell yeah. 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 Concrete floor? Come on. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, Sarge does bumps like that later, but this was... I mean, that was Strongbow doing a huge yeah, bump. When have we ever probably, seen him do... He probably did hurt himself. <laughs> he probably never did that bump. That's, that, that bump was how he kept his job. Exactly. Yeah, that was that was a shoot. <laughs> no, 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 I was like, okay, 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 Jay. Yeah, here's what we need you. Yeah, here's what we need you. Well, while he's doing this, I was doing Vince Jr. Doing the stack of dimes. Jay, here's what we need you to do. You know, you gotta th- kill yourself. <laughs> You do it for me. <laughs> Got a job for life, my friend. <laughs> and he does it. It's, it's, uh, it's funny how they use Strongbow in this role. I want to say Jim Duggan had very similar roles during some of the Hogan. Like, yeah. Imagine they were bringing in like Yokozuna. Yeah, yep, Strongbow that. would be the first guy to take the bonsai splash, right? And then, well, not you know, the first be, guy. Like, yeah, no, no, not the first guy. Like obviously, there'd be Thomas yeah, yeah. and Virgil, and but yeah. then it would be Strongbow. The first meaningful person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like we've seen him do that a couple of times now. But this is a really blatant. Yeah, one, but so. even Duggan got in some offense in that match. <laughs> you know, this was. But this also sets up potential rematch, or yeah, rematches later when Von Erich would be done with Bruno, then Strongbow could come in and and get revenge for this uh, incident too. There's a greater or, or, or in bar or in Paris perfect scenario. This is an injury angle that takes the Strongbow out <laughs> for six months, and then he comes back for his revenge. And, and, That's a good point. I wonder if he was out for a while. Actually, <laughs> let me see. Well, there, there was a greater injustice than uh, what uh, the white man did to the red man uh, here at the very end of this footage. I just want to say. <laughs> the midgets hitting the ring? Yeah. 
No, that we didn't get to see the fucking midgets. Yeah, exactly. That's the one match that was cut. That's, uh, <laughs> Who was that random banker? That... Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I look at them. Uh, this crowd, this whole crowd looked like, like the casting call for extras in Serpico. Just, yeah, they did. Totally. Stephanie's New York. But I, I wrote down, like, okay, now the, the Nazi just destroyed your hero. And Siga Heiled, and this is dark and fucked up, and now midgets. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> they had, to, I mean, the crowd was pissed. I think a lot of it was because they got robbed of a match. Like, they, you know, they were looking forward to an actual match between these two guys, and they got, you know, a 30 yeah, second. Yeah, but, but, but hot about it, not in a, uh, like, oh, I paid for a match, but in the whole, like, that lousy motherfucker. Yeah. What a cheater. What a cheater. Yeah, that, we yeah. I, I do think the booking, in a weird way, does also protect the idea of it as a legit sport, sport as well. The fact that something like this could happen, like, right? Could happen if it was a real sport, right? So, yeah, 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 yeah. Do they but ever he, do like but, uh, the worst like that? Now? Well, even the worst bad guys here wouldn't do something like that. It, it was a fucking Nazi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it was unique. Is it, did they ever do that where it's not telegraph where it kind of just looks like a legit injury but it's kayfabe do they ever do that anymore or yeah but I can't think of one off the top of my head they've done things with concussions haven't they in recent years that they've never really pursued too much I think it's a decent little thing it's lonely out tonight and the fever and just got right for a brand new love song Somebody done somebody wrong song Hey, won't you play another Somebody done somebody wrong song And make me feel at home while I miss my baby, while I miss my baby. Okay, and they, they wanted Bruno to come and uh, confront Waldo. So very good telegraphing into the next feud. Um, but he's still dealing with the Greek threat here. Yes. Spuros Arian. Yes. And, and he's and taking your, on Bruno. As for your question, Parv, it's a famous quote-unquote banker. Uh, Andrew D'Amato. Yeah. Now, when he, I heard famous banker, I'm in New York. I'm, look, I'm waiting for the Jewish name. It's like the most famous non-Jew banker in New York is Andrew D'Amato. You know, yeah. the, the banker was his nickname. This guy was such a mobster who used some influence to be able to sit there at ringside with Vince. And uh, <laughs> he was like probably Andrew the Banker. Uh, <laughs> something was something was not right about that. Yeah, it's, we could probably trail the money and probably blackmail Vince, and we could own half the company. <laughs> there you go. I, I thought that Pete. I thought the same thing. I thought like, this was the, this was Vince's real uh, investor <laughs> that he uh, worked with to get the money to buy uh, eventually buy the promotion from his dad. Mm. You know, it, this this is the secret. He's guy. still pulling the strings behind the scenes He's to this day. 
That, that was a very weird. That, that Andrew, exchange was really weird, though. Andrew Damano. Yeah, I don't like this Cesaro guy. Never liked this. <laughs> <laughs> Give a shit. Yes, boss. Yes, boss. <clears throat> short thing. Um, short thing, boss. <laughs> Vin, Vince, like, starts having a conversation with this guy, and then he asks him a question, and Andrew Damato doesn't want anything. Like, he doesn't answer. Just, just like, right, I've done that. Look here, I don't want to talk, see? But okay. Well, no. <laughs> Let me talk to my concierge. Okay. No, he had to talk to his concierge first to see if he could talk on the air. <laughs> you know, I watched uh, Bullet the other day, and fucking uh, Robert Duvall is in it as the taxi driver. In Guess, Bullet? In, yeah, in 1967, 68? Yeah, 68. Looks identical. Looks like, just looks identical. There's a man who was born... Yeah, years old. Yeah, well, he's, he just. Well, he's okay. Trivia question: What was his first role in the movies? Huh. Who, uh, Robert Duvall? Boo, Rad- Boo Radley. Yeah, he was Boo Radley at the end of uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. In that, you're like, yeah, I yeah. don't recognize it, but you're right because right around the same time, he's in True Grit in 1969. Yeah, <laughs> bad guys, and you see young Duvall, and you're like, born old. <laughs> That's fucking Duvall, man. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, no, of course he's Boo Radley. Yeah, did we see? We do get to see Boo Radley. Okay, anyway, random Robert Duvall. Where do how do we go into that? Conciliary. That's right. Okay. Uh, I'm very proud to be a Tom reference. Uh, far, I was throwing that at you. <laughs> um, so the Godfather himself, then Bruno. This is my desperate way to try to get back on topic. <laughs> Taking on uh, Greek death match. And just before I get to you, Pete, Blassie is wearing some awesome threads today. Did you see he's wearing a little cravat? Did you, did you see that? <laughs> Fred Blassie is my hero. Like, he is so good going into this match. What did your mom uh, say about Blassie? <laughs> what, what, did, what, did say, what did your mom say about his cravat? <laughs> she, um, she went over my grandmother. She does not. <laughs> His own parvin left. <laughs> I'm leaving, son. <laughs> and, and she used air quotes for son. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Blasty, just amazing. And then, during all of this, of course, uh, San Martino comes out. God knows how friendly Bob announced that. Um, but mysteriously, straight hair here. Now, I thought Bruno had curly hair. And as a curly-haired man myself, I always look out for, you know, deviations in hair styles. Dead straight hair here. Oh, no, this Do we young, think that... No, young Bruno, young Bruno at this point, his toupee was straight. He did the straight hair. Yeah, yeah. It was later so with the perm. swapped his straight hair for curly hair. Yeah, like Mike, like Mike Brady. He was like Mike Brady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much exactly. It is. That's true. <laughs> you know, you're straight here for two seasons. And <laughs> yeah. a At the end with a perm. Yeah. <laughs> a very Brady well, Christmas, a very that. Bruno Christmas. There's so many parallels. <laughs> Which you can still listen to. <laughs> Which is still out there. Yeah. Still fresh, you know. Don't take that tree down yet. 
So, are you saying that Bruno's got naturally straight hair or naturally curly hair? I can't. Mm. Like, can I think it's not as straight as this, but it's not as curly as his later hair. It's, it's wavy. <laughs> naturally, it's wavy, like an Italian. <laughs> I thought he looked like Ringo Starr uh, at the beginning of this match. <laughs> like 1966 Ringo Starr. <laughs> There's a moment in the match where Arion pulls on it and he gets fucking pissed. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he was, he, was, he, was, he was given a message about hair because there was one man with natural hair here that was the dominant male as far as hair goes. On the head, and Arius is like, I may be losing this feud, but I'm reminding you who's got the fucking hair in this fucking ring. Pete, take it away on the Greek death match. Okay. Um, Bard burner to start. Bruno is really aggressive here. Uh, pretty much Bruno is just kick punch uh, offense, and it's and he basically kicking uh, Arion's ass. Arion with a low blow, and uh, and, and halts, uh, tries to halt Bruno for a bit. Uh, we get, but you know, Bruno is back on top real quick. Yeah, with some more aggressive ass kicking. Arion with a kick and uh, gets control for about thirty more seconds. And now Bruno with his famous bear hug. Arion escapes and is kick is kicking Bruno's ass. Uh, Bruno counters uh, and is beating on Arion some more. All of Bruno's strikes look real hurdy and stuff. Um, that double stomp from Arion onto the back of uh, Bruno's head or back, that was pretty sick. Um, and that should be a finish anywhere, honestly. Um, <laughs> any decade. Arion in control with uh, with more kicks and punches. An atomic knee drop by Arion. And this is where, uh, uh, where, uh, where, where the rest of the story unfolds. He goes to the top and does a top rope knee drop that misses. And uh, Arion is selling uh, damage to the knee big time. And Bruno goes after the leg for a few seconds and locks on a half crab. And uh, Arion submits. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was, everything technically was fine. It was real aggressive. But really, I mean, the match went like 20 plus minutes or so or close to it. And, and the first, like, 18 minutes had nothing to do with the story. That was the final, like, big knee miss and then the uh, submission. Uh, that's, all the, that's all they needed. Uh, the other 18 minutes was pretty much filler to get to this one point. I gave it two and a quarter because it still was an aggressive match, and, and the crowd dug it. But, I mean, it, I mean, the first 18 minutes is pretty much unnecessary if the story was going to be him hurting his knee. It would have been more compelling if, you know, he hurt his knee and we saw some fun work uh, on a, uh, a technically pleasurable to enjoy the match. Uh, not as an not in a money-drawing way. Uh, but, yeah, so that's what I thought. Johnny? <clears throat> well, uh, Greek death match. <laughs> I- I'm actually going to uh, get my pen and cross out the obligatory uh, gay Greek joke that I'm not going to say right now. Um, uh, Blassie should hit. I wanted uh, Blassie to hit the ring announcer. Because he was not the fashion plate, the fashion plate. <laughs> he said fashion plate. <laughs> 
He did. Now, yes, he did. Just <laughs> <laughs> the fucking worst. I, I, oh, I hate him. I want him dead. But, uh, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Uh, good. And then he also says, at some point, he says opportune. And I don't, I just wrote down opportune? It's opportunity. Or whatever. He says opportune and fishing play. He's an idiot. I, I, I hate him. A great guy. He must own Skolan money. You know. A great guy. Uh, Skolan's backstage threatening to have his legs broken by the banker at ringside. Uh, and uh, he, he was he's the ring. A great guy, you know, I was kissing his ass. He lost a lot of money in Gin Rummy backstage. <laughs> fucking awful uh, the match itself uh, I liked it I thought it went kind of long uh, um, I, here we go uh, I'm sorry I misplaced my oh, as far as the hair goes all I could think of when I saw Arion was Fletch no, he's actually 6'5", with the afro, 6'9". Uh, uh, Bruno's too bad is no match for Arian's real hair. But you did, you know, he, he reached over and tugged his tube. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I know, I know I'm, I'm losing this match, but I'm reminding you of something. Uh, Arian looks like a villain from a Steve Reeves Hercules movie. <laughs> <laughs> getting tossed around by Steve Reeves. You paint him green, he's like uh, uh, Epstein uh, on uh, Welcome Back, Cotter uh, as the yeah. Hulk. Like, oh, I brought a note. I brought a note. I mean, and New York City is full of racial strife tonight. We've got Greeks and Italians, Nazis versus Indians. Uh, <laughs> There's a black photographer at ringside. And I'm like, where did he work? Because I'm pretty sure all the wrestling magazines. Yeah. There was no white guy in that uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated or The Wrestler. Uh, I didn't know Jet Magazine covered wrestling. Uh, I did like Bruno giving him the Italian necktie, you know, to try to give him. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ariane's uppercut was fucking great and I, I i liked the finish because bruno's um kryptonite is knee drops as proved by ivan koloff right and he's going to avoid these they're his kryptonite and uh he probably feels insulted that this former friend who now is his hated rival attempts to beat him with the top rope knee drop that worked one time before and he misses it and bruno gets up and goes crazy on him like you try the knee drop that just respect you judas dracula you die now and, uh, at the end uh, there's a guy in the audience in a turban who's pissed bruno, you sell like a uh, bruno he's like he's like you want more you slime uh just uh i love the finish but in the beginning but getting the getting there was uh, a little long but uh, overall i just thought this was a lot of fun the crowd completely makes this match yeah. Kelly? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the crowd definitely. But it's like most Bruno matches. It's the crowd. that It's just different. For a Bruno match, it's just a different sort of vibe from the crowd. And this was big time. Um, yeah, a little slow. But I mean, it. I thought it, it, 
it built, you know, logically. You know, they were always doing things that you couldn't do in a match that had rules, right? There was low blows all over the place, a lot of choking, uh, choking on the ropes, and then even Bruno uses the tag rope to choke. Uh, yeah, I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, all these Bruno matches we've seen so far, there's a lot of choking and a lot. <laughs> yeah, okay, but I'll, let, let me think. Okay, let a me say. Kroll wasn't. I mean, there's a lot of. I wouldn't say that's so out of the norm. Or, or but they're letting, it, they're letting it go. Kroll never, like, does counts. Okay, he, okay. He was, let, okay, I'll buy that. Right, okay. Bruno, uh, I don't recall Bruno using uh, a, a tag, tag rope. Yeah. I bet you with Larry, I bet we go back. I guarantee Oh, no, 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 no. That's later. I'm talking okay. at this. Oh, right. Okay, okay. okay. As we're bouncing through time. Right, yeah. yeah. No, no, I should have said yes. Kroll, you know, he's letting it go. So it's it's not like some matches, you know, where they do, it's a no DQ, but the ref is still doing five counts and stuff like that, which is, is a, yeah, that's a pet peeve of a lot of us. Um, so, you know, it, it I, I think maybe their, their previous match was the best of the three that we watched. But um, or maybe even the first one. I mean, it's 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 1975. It's it's Bruno main event. It's not going to be you know Ric Flair against um, Steamboat in the 80s or something. But it's it mm-hmm. it's got this atmosphere that's amazing. Um, Arion, I, I really like how he sells punches. He's got great facial expressions, and I wish we have. Um, yeah. um, uh, I guess we do have more Arion to see. So uh, I, I'm kind of interested in seeing more of him for sure after this. He's a giant man. Yeah, he's a that's a, a giant man. Yeah, he is very tall. Um, but yeah, believable as someone that could beat Bruno, and he and he's not like a monster, but yeah, he's got that look to him. He's and he's a, a pretty good athlete. And the ending was cool with uh, uh, actually after the submission where Bruno comes back to give him some more kicks and he wasn't yeah. finished with him. He wasn't totally satisfied yet and how he just left the ring in disgust, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah, totally. It was very much like, yeah, the end of the, the, the Zabisco feud that we'll see years later. Um, and then, I, did like, I did like also that young William Daniels from uh, St. Elsewhere or Boy Meets World uh, apparently was ecstatic. Once he, uh, or Knight Rider or... Or, or Knight Rider, uh, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, but Knight Rider, I could, you couldn't get the visual. You're like, what, there's a car cheering? Yeah, but he had, the, he had the, the, the light. That was his mustache. Oh, uh, okay. I, I, I never thought of it that way, and yeah. now I do, and that's awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> but he was apparently in the crowd uh, ecstatic that Arion could not walk. As soon as Arion sold trying to walk out of the ring and they cut to this guy and this guy looked just like William Daniels just like laughing and just so happy that this asshole had his leg fucked up yeah <laughs> it was great well this was a great payoff for the fans because remember how it all started was Arion turning on Jay Strongbow and shoving the feathers in his mouth and all right, the heat right. and he attacked uh, Bruno's protege Larry Zabisco and there was so much heat and then finally, now he's he's crippled, and Bruno's finally got revenge. And in his match, in know. in his match, exactly. Yeah, so so great stuff. I actually thought it was really um, cool to see him kind of injured, humiliated. Yeah, you know, too proud to take the stretcher, but clearly he needs help getting back. Glassy, mm-hmm. absolutely nowhere to be seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. 
Which is um, funny because last night, last night, just for shits and giggles, I rewatched uh, the Bret Hart, uh, Steve Austin, WrestleMania 13, the double turn, and you have Steve Austin refusing the the help, and that's to get back, and was a big part of what got him over. Right. I immediately thought to this, I go, I just watched that happen where the you know the storyline wasn't written uh, that way, so the heel thing back, even though he doesn't want any help, no one gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um. Now, apart from the Bruno stuff do, and that random match that he has with Briscoe in Australia, do we have any more Arion? You said there's more Arion out there, Kelly. Yeah, there's well more WWF and WWF Arion to come. Um, he comes back in '78. Bruno or? Um, Bob, he works Bob. Bob, and I think I he's like in... the Bob matches better, but. Yeah, yeah, a couple against Bob. I've never seen them, uh, but yeah, we'll get to them eventually. Um, in the seventies, well, right? Yeah, yeah seventy-eight. Actually, he was one of Bob's first challenges after. Right, uh, but that was as Kelly. You explained that once before. That's the yeah. whole the build-up to for Bob is for him to go through all of Bruno's greatest adversaries. Yeah, yeah, and beat them uh, uh, first time yes, out decisively, too, yeah. decisively in one in one shot. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Arion was one of those guys. I, I had never known about that until you pointed that out, and that's and no one talks about that. That's a, that's such a great thing that uh, I think it's a very uh, very cool, very yeah. very cool. I think it yeah, and, the, and it explains a lot. It explains a lot of uh, why Backlund was so over is that he was booked so strong at oh, yeah. first. Yeah, a total uh, killer. No, I I do have to come back to that talking point, Pete. What do we think about the... Now, you said you like the Bob matches better, but... Um, he, now, Bruno did give Arion some time on top in this match. I How did he feel? I would say that he took that much time on top. Gave him that much time on top. Uh, yeah, I mean, he gave him a little bit, but nothing, I would say, how extraordinary. I think one of the key differences is the crowd, which you've all mentioned. At one point, they spontaneously busted out with a massive kind of Bruno... Mm-hmm. Chant during this. I feel like even though they are on Bob's side, they're not kind of so, like they really want Bruno to win. Oh yeah, they're rabid for Bruno. There's a big difference. They love Bob. They're rabid for. Yeah, they, it, they, it, they, they would exactly. go more for Bruno. Uh, they might defend their house for Bob. But they would go for, go to war for Bruno. Yeah, Bruno's one of the family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bruno is family. All these people grew up watching him, and he's got you know, people. It, it, it's the ethnic thing. Well, that's part of it, but it's a it's that it's also a New York thing. Mm-hmm. Bruno's not just you know the Italians love him. New Yorkers love him. Yeah, he's a Northeast guy. Yeah, and uh, and he right. It's exactly a family thing. Bob was adopted to that family. Yeah, white from the Midwest. Yeah. What, what was interesting to me is that they bust out that chant while he was getting beaten down. Um, which does go to that, you know, is that you do have to have those little heat sequences for the heel to generate. Mm-hmm. You know, it generates things. Anyway, um, yeah, I thought this was one of the better Bruno matches we've seen. To be honest, I, I think I liked it more than you, Pete. I'll um, see. I, I, I didn't care for it all that much. Uh, I think I liked it more than Johnny as well. I may have I, liked no, it. I, I liked it just fine. Uh, I just thought that there were points in the middle that my mind was wandering, but that could be from anything. So I thought. <laughs> I, mean, I, I love the crowd. <laughs> I've, 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 Bruno has a great connection, so I'm never gonna. There's never gonna be a problem with crowd interest. And stuff. 
I just, you know, it was all same shit. Rinse, repeat, punch, kicky. I think Backlund's a more dynamic and more interesting worker, uh, working holds and stuff, and can fill time. We've seen Bruno. I didn't think he filled the time all that great here. Well, he definitely didn't fill the time really well when we watched him go an hour with Baba. Um, the first Arion match, I didn't think he filled all that much. He didn't do anything too dynamic. What he does, he does well. He, he's great at punching. He's great at kicking. Great connection to the crowd. He's a great character. But I, I, I'd rather I'd rather watch Bob Backlund match. See, I, I think I think I think Bruno could do. You know, it's shown that he could do like amateur looking moves as well. But it, that's it's not. It doesn't fit his character. In yeah. It, it's hated in this hate hate fights. Yeah. Going wrestle in a hate fight he's going to kick and punch because speaking it's of, a fight speaking of the hate fight i think i like bruno i think he's a better uh blood blood guy blood worker uh oh totally worker. uh well i thought bob was a better world champion as in he could take any defender and and would have a, like a world title match while bruno i think struggles in that aspect as being a world champion but he's he was great uh as as a blood feed guy he's a great scratch and kick and claw fighter but I don't think he was a great technical worker where he could go we, we, we've seen it, he can't go an hour uh, with the Baba uh, I mean that, that's mm. one example mm. I mean sure it's one example but I think he was great, I think he was a great I think, Bob, I think Bruno was great in like 10 to 12, 15 minutes when we go past 20 we're, you know, it's getting, we're pushing it yeah, but, but I don't think that that should be defining the thing like, well, he couldn't do an hour of scientific wrestling with giant baba I'm like, well, and I'm not, and again i'm not trying to knock uh, bruno's skill i'm saying compared to bob i felt bob felt felt like more of like a world champion while bruno felt like more of a superstar for see, i'm a huge backland fan i feel i'm a huge backland fan uh as we all know but and i do feel he came off like a world champion totally as part of questions at times but if you compare Bruno and Bob I think Bruno comes off far more as a champion than uh, than Bob does just difference of opinion and I, I don't think in the ring he does it I don't think I think Bruno, oh, no, I think in the ring he does oh, see, I, know. I think Bruno comes across more as a world champion outside the ring as in people love him uh, but oh yeah as in but what, what how I view a world champion uh, in the ring I just don't feel he right he doesn't hit those boxes. Uh, it does he, for me, it's and you're right. I mean, there's no argument of who comes off more as the world champion outside the ring yeah. between Backlund and Bruno. That's you know, yeah. you have to but be he, 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 to argue that one. But I think Bruno dominating people with kicking and punching uh, and walking out with that belt as the crowd is going apeshit is as much a world champion as Bob Acklin being a better quote-unquote technical wrestler. There's two things I want to uh, say on this before we move on. The first thing is is that the turn to Backlund uh, by Vincenio was kind of his... He wanted to have kind of his version of the NWA champion away. Jerry Briscoe, right? Yeah, sorry. Jack Briscoe, yeah. Jack, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, Jerry, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a conscious decision to... To make the champ more like yes. the kind of yeah. version of what, uh, you know, that He's vision of what champ should be. I like that. What, well, it is what, the what, NWA ideal of yeah, it. Yeah, let's do with the NWA version. Instead yeah, of what, what you're talking about, Pete, is the, when you say as a world champ, you mean 
the NWA version yeah, of the, what yeah, champ should yeah. be, right? I mean, and that's what I grew up on. So, I mean, yeah. of course, yeah. I'm more uh, uh, conditioned so to like that style. Yeah. So that's the first thing. I, 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 I would, no, 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 was real because this is an interesting conversation. Was Briscoe because I know because Briscoe didn't stick with the belt for a long time because he didn't want it. Remember, I know that story at the end. He was like, he, he was totally burnt out. Yeah, yeah, I'm burnt yeah. out. I'm not doing this. You know, which to his credit, that I think that was really cool. But was he was he a big money drawer in that style as to why back uh, Vince Senior wanted to switch to that more type of a character? You know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I mean, I thought he. That's curious. I, 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 I thought he did. I know. Yeah, I know. Dory Funk drew better than Jack, but I think Jack drew pretty well too. Like he gave up the title. the The promoters still wanted Jack as the champ. Yeah. Jack made the decision uh, to give up the belt. Also, when you say Dory drew better as champ, like all of his biggest gates were against Jack, right? True, yeah, yeah. and wrestling as a whole was hotter during the the Dory years. The early seventies was like a peak. I just, I just I, I, these are the. It's curious, and it goes back. It also goes back to that little thing we we pointed out once, where you have like your Bruno, and then your Backlund guy, then you have Hogan, and then the next big guy is Brett. Yeah, you know, the, the, the kind of you know the the hills and valleys of the the, the hero. Yeah, they year. go completely right. different. Right, and, and in the WWF, it's a babyface territory. Yes, and then like Bruno was an ultimate babyface. Hulk Hogan yeah. was an ultimate babyface. You look at Bob and Brett; they were good babyfaces, but they weren't right uh, ultimate babyfaces. And 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 to yeah, 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 back was a horrible babyface. But um, yet they were babyfaces, and they never went the route really of well, we're going to go with a villain. Yeah, right. for a long stretch. It's 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 we might go from ultimate superhero to working guy back up to ultimate superhero to working guy, but you're not deviating from. It's a babyface territory, right? Yeah, and even that, but, even like a lot of people give a. They always talk about Flair's run being really bad, and I I don't know necessarily if it was really bad. I just thought it was more like Vince didn't know how to book a charismatic uh, heel on top because mm-hmm. that's not what the territory. That's not. It's kind of like how you're taught. Say you're taught to build something, and that's how you do it religiously until someone can maybe show you differently, but no one. But being the boss, no one's going to be able to show you differently. Or until it doesn't, it, it hasn't been a proven yeah. successful formula. Uh, I, the Yokozuna experiment would be like the, and, and was, and that was it's kind of like the superstar Billy Graham thing. Mm-hmm. You know, where they go, we'll do a year. You know, right? Almost. It was, yeah. It was to build up the next big baby face, yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to Briscoe, yeah. Uh, yeah sorry, Briscoe and and Vince Senior. I mean, by '75, like Briscoe had sort of become the prototype of the babyface wrestler in wrestling, and um, you know, look at all the influence on like Steamboat and Martel and Backlund himself. So that was sort of what Vince wanted, Vince Sr. wanted to capture in New York. Well, you think also because Briscoe, and it's funny when we say it now and people go, really? But uh, Jack Briscoe was a good-looking guy. Yeah. He wasn't fat and, you know, a slob like, you know, people like associated wrestlers. And he was an athlete. Yeah. You know, so he had a look that maybe people wanted to emulate. He was, at the time, it was modern, it was new, it was fresh, it was, yeah, yeah it was it was very Appealing. successful. Appealing. Yeah. Did he not go up there because he had a stake in Georgia, or, or had that not happened yet? I don't yeah, know. He had a stake in Georgia, I think they also had uh, points in the Florida office, too. Yeah. Yeah. 
on your point on the drawing thing, I, I think Briscoe's biggest drawing territory was Florida. I think that's where most I, of his I, I, I meant, was it like enough of a draw? Yeah, it was the film. Of course you're going to want Vince Sr.'s going to go, well, we're going to deviate from the formula. You know, it's a good idea, but is there any proof anywhere that we can draw money by deviating and seize Jack Briscoe? Right, yeah, okay, we exactly. Let's, uh, I, I want my Jack Briscoe. Yeah. Bob yeah. Yeah, I think that was the the plan. Totally. I don't know if Briscoe. I've heard conflicting stories that Briscoe was actually offered the spot that that Backlund got, and he didn't want it because he already burned out on the NWA schedule. He didn't want to do another, you know, uh, traveling. Well, not extensive traveling, but still, he would have had to work a lot of dates. And I think he was comfortable sort of dictating his own schedule by that time. Um, I I have to say there was a period in this match where Bruno was focusing on the back. Didn't you think that was some decent work in there, Pete? Uh, where, you know, he did the bear hug and then he followed up and went back to the back and enough for Vince to even mention it. Yeah, no, I mean, it wasn't bad. I, I, I didn't mean to say it was bad, but it, again, he, he worked the back. He won with a submission on a, uh, a half crab, which was off the injury, off the knee. It wasn't because of the back. Um, yeah, well, well, I mean, but then he saw the opportunity. Yeah, he seized the moment. It was like a spur of the moment decision to. You know, he was going for the back, and then yeah. the leg got injured, and then he switched to the leg. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. It just didn't it didn't click for me. Resonate. <laughs> um, final thing on this match: How come Arnold Scarlett was allowed to be a ringside? Because he's, he's a good guy. guy. He's a great guy. That's all you need. Have to clear out, but old golden well, boy, he gets to sit well, ringside. Well, well, look at your past behavior, sir. You know, your past behavior shows how you're treated, and that's in yep. life. Well, Skolan does not interfere, therefore he's allowed to stay. <laughs> uh, you might fool the referees live all the time when they go back and see the footage or hear about it. They go, "Oh, you wascally wabbit, you did it to me again." <laughs> uh, you got to go. Yep. And Arnold Scullin can stay because he's proven that he's not an interferer, even though he does. He does occasionally interfere. <laughs> I think it's an unfair yeah, advantage. <laughs> unfair advantage. No, no, he's giving hand signals to Tomato, the banker, side, and how about how this match is going to go. Rest, wrestling is fixed. It's fixed by the mob. Scullin. <laughs> About how, good his, how good his card game is going on in the back. Exactly. He's winning because he's not out there. <laughs> they're gamb- no, there's people it, There's people who still think it's real, so they're gambling on the fucking matches. <laughs> Toot smart. Toot smart. He's running the numbers of the gun, see? And that's how they fix the game. It's like... Right. That explains the Waldo von Eric Strongbow match. I mean, the, the the fans lost a ton of money on that one. A <laughs> ton of money on that one. I'd, I'd love to see detailed figures of how much money Arnold Scarland earned over a 20-year period at the WF. What the fuck did he ever do? But, but 50, 50% of it went to hair gel. <laughs> he had a stake in the promotion, like he was oh, yeah. part part owner. Yeah. Yeah. In terms yeah, of like actual work done versus earnings, I reckon Scarland on a pretty good ratio there. <laughs> you know, you know, More power to him for being able to stay there forever. In that in that 
cutthroat <laughs> fucking business. Yeah. Especially back then. To yeah. be a, a mid-card star and be smart enough to work your way into the, you know, being one of the fucking people who run this shit, more power to him. Yeah. Well done, Arnold Scarland. He's a, he's a legend in the world of skivers everywhere. Okay. Uh, let's get Let's move on. Next match, then. Uh, Eduardo Carpentier. How is, uh, how is uh, Friendly Bob's uh, pronunciation here? Jesus Christ. This I knew this was coming. <laughs> I, as soon as I'm like, oh, right, there's a Carpentier match. Oh, my God. What is he going to do? And uh, he doesn't disappoint. A friendly douchebag. <laughs> yes. Ed, I had to write. I had to rewind this eight times every syllable <laughs> wrong, like he did. Edward Carpon did the Not and not and not. He can't repeat himself, obviously, because uh, hey, spoiler alert, he wins. Uh, at the end, it's. <laughs> Closer. Anyway, he's taking on Big Joe Nova, and um, or, this is or, yeah. yeah, this is our classic kind of big, tough guy versus you know, big and slow versus finesse battle. I would say. Mm-hmm. What make of Capontier here? Um. Compatier is uh, pretty state of the art as a worker, um, but Joe Novo is real clumsy eating uh, Compatier's offense, so it's got a real match uh, clash of styles. Uh, <laughs> is that the only thing he's clumsy eating? Yeah, I'm sure. I know, right? Uh, donuts, ice cream, chips. God help him with a, with a, with a dip. Um, uh, I, I, I love Compatier's doing Ultimo Dragon spot. Yeah. Uh, 20 years uh, earlier, minus uh, Ultimo Dragon, of course, did it on the top of the uh, on the top of the uh, ring post where uh, everyone who's like seen uh, Dragon in, in WCW, War, New Japan, Mexico, whatever, uh, he does a spot where he's does a he's pretty much he's doing a handstand on the top rope. Compatier does the handstand on the uh, middle rope. So that, so, that was so cool. he stole it from Carpentier, is what you're actually saying. If, if Ultimate Dragon was watching MSG in the 75 tapes in, in Mexico when uh, he was at <laughs> Japan, uh, I, I probably not. Um, you, never uh, you never know. Black market, uh, you know, tapes yeah. down there. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, was, it was a pretty bad match, but uh, Compatier was pretty interesting in what he was doing. Um, the Compatier finish is either the greatest or the most overwrought thing ever uh, <laughs> at the end. But yeah, it was it was what it was. Uh, I really would like to see Compatier with like a, a decent opponent instead of Big Joe Nova. Oh, Poor Joe. Oh man, 
I like he Joe. So amazing in that little clip we got of him with Briscoe Pete. Yeah, I thought we even saw a super kick here, except you know it wasn't yeah. sweet shin music; it was sweet chest music. Uh, <laughs> two, kick. two of them. Yeah, is that right? Savat kick. Savat kick. Savat yeah. kick. Um, what do you think, Johnny? Uh, well, uh, apparently, yeah, uh, uh, Tomato's been watching this since 1949, right. so he's. You know, he's been deeply entrenched in the uh, McMahon Mafia for quite some time. Uh, the dummy uh, announcer also was, My pleasure to introduce... Uh, 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 he couldn't get through. My pleasure to introduce before butchered, butchering uh, Carpentier's name. I thought Carpani looked like someone left Paul Orndorff in the dryer. <laughs> oh, that's the girlish giggle. Yeah, that's the classic uh, one right there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and, you know what? Carpani is a bully. He really is. I mean, he's older. He's established. He's obviously better. This poor chubby Joe Nova, who's just trying to earn a goddamn living. You know, he, he's not cheating outright at first. And this asshole keeps doing fucking cartwheels and and fucking flips for no goddamn reason just to, you know, go, ha ha, I can do that. I'm French, Canadian. You know, fuck you. You know, <laughs> poor kid. You know, look at him. And at some point, you know, you know, you know it's like it, Nova has a look at his face. I get, like, I get it. You're better than I am. I'm fat. I get it, dick. Just, ugh. Can we just do this? Uh, and that, that's when he finally bites him. Like, I'm biting you now. You like that? Frick? <laughs> but, you, know, you drove me to this. I'm just trying to fucking earn my $60. Fuck you. And then he's baffled at this upside down, man. <laughs> baffled. What the? Oh, I've never seen an upside down. What do I do here? You know, I'm just like, go wait in the turnbuckle until he can't stand on his hand. <laughs> Be upside down anymore to run in for the kick in the head. I, I love that they uh, that he has the, uh, the the senton is a cannonball cannonball at the time, and which makes more sense uh, because it's like it's cannonball boom. Mm-hmm. It's great. I'd rather that you called that than a senton. It's like, I'm going to just call all sentons cannonballs from now on. And, uh, Get all those smarks up in your arms. <laughs> exactly, dude. I did that. I did that at one place I was at uh, years ago. I, j- I started uh, saying wrestling, wrestling, <laughs> and every time I mentioned wrestling, it was wrestling. Uh, in every and everything I and people these fucking douchebags start freaking out. If you don't stop calling wrestling wrestling, you'd be disrespectful. So, hmm. so yes, poor Joe Nova. I felt so bad for him. Ken, yeah. what do you think of uh, the great uh, Carpentier here? The great Carpentier? I, I really liked him. I loved this match. I, I, you know, maybe I didn't have a lot of expectations going in. And, it, you know, with some of these matches uh, that we've seen in this one, you know, it's just. And you use that word when you're telling your wife she loves you love her too? <laughs> I love a lot of things, you man. You all credibility using the word love. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, why are we so stingy with our praise for wrestling matches? You know, it's why can't this be a great yes. match? You know, why? Why well, did? I, why? I, I, you know, what? I, I, 
I enjoyed the match. Uh, I, I left yeah. that out of my, my jokes. Is I enjoyed the match. I thought it was perfectly fun. Yeah. I, I, I Fun is a fair word. <laughs> Love is a whole... Other, that's something you want to watch over and over again. Oh, well, yes. It's the word love. You I, 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 I love loved it. They're going to spend the rest of my life with her. I've, <laughs> I've, I've loved a lot of girls that I did not want to spend the rest of my life exactly. with. Exactly. Like, love is a word you can throw around, and it doesn't have to, you know. I, I can even live with Johnny's definition, which is I temporarily love this match. But I'm never gonna watch it again. Well, well yeah, temporary, temporary love is still love, and it's exactly exists. Yeah, I, I probably won't watch it again. But by the end of it, at the end, I was smiling. I thought it was great. The crowd loved it. Um, uh, Joe Nova, I, I like Joe Nova in this. I loved his, you know, frustration at not being able to do anything against Carpentier, and this was just great pro wrestling, as far as I'm concerned. You know, in the sense of this is, you know, like in the the Ultimore uh, Pedusa sense of old time pro wrestling before work rate, before everyone got all serious about wrestling and gave star ratings and stuff. No, this, this was, was wrestling. This was the opposite. This was the young lion who's not a good lion getting eaten by an old lion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No, I, I I thought this was perfectly fine, and I loved it. Um. One thing about uh, Carpentier is that he seems like one of those. He seems like an older chap who's still fit, right? Oh, oh yeah, God, big yeah, dude, he was... yeah, But he's got that look of like you know, you know those guys like they're in their forties or whatever. Yeah, or they're, they're pathetic. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, Nova wanted him to check for grease. I thought that was yeah, quite funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Checking for grease. Um, but I did find Nova's hiding in the corner during this match quite frustrating really? um and i don't know whether that was actually the intent the intention because obviously yes. like nova's nova's the heel so maybe yes. i was actually getting worked here where yes it you got like, worked jesus christ stop hiding in the corner now just this isn't enough because yes. like, his his stalling went on for about five six minutes of and then carpentier did the thing where he taps um taps him on the back Yes. Hello, there's a match going on. Do you want to face me now? I mean, it was kind of like, I don't know, it was... Well, maybe it wasn't part of them. Maybe he was just blown up and he thought he was going to throw up. Um, well, I mean... I, <laughs> maybe, I felt... it was, maybe it was, uh, are you going to want to wrestle, you fucking uh, flippy douchebag? Or are you, uh, uh, you going to keep doing the fucking uh, uh, cartwheels every time I try to lock up? Um, I, I just felt they went to the well, like five or six or maybe ten times too many off too often like it was kind of like it's all like the first four times you see it but like i'm okay like, it's 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 mark parv it's big joe nova being some sort of a young rookie heel and that's a heel move especially for a big guy yeah. uh it was not very good and uh and it, it was purpose it was purposely he's like oh i'm backing away and uh, yeah i'm just saying he went to it too much like they needed to like, like minutes, say like. if the crowd if the crowd went for it then it works. So. Yeah, it worked. Uh, it wasn't that many times. Yeah. I don't know. I think you guys are 
too, I thought it kind of too was harsh. Distracting. Yeah, I moved far from that. It was really distracting. It took away the momentum. I thought he only did it in the very beginning, and then that was no, it. No, right? he did it right it was like the, in the middle. Yeah, a couple times. He got going. It, it was no, so in the middle. Was, no, in the beginning, it was a, it was very like fakey. In the middle, it was like you know, oh, get away from me, you fucking dick. This match stinks. He knew it stunk. It, it's a bit. Why couldn't they give up onto like Johnny Rods or like give him someone to work with? Victor Rivera. Because but I think it's more impressive for the for him to be flipping around a big. Fan. Yeah, it totally worked. He got him over the. He got to showcase all his big spots. I've, I mean, that's all it was about. And the crowd loved it. Yeah, you didn't think someone's like backstage there go, we need to get a work rate classic. Yeah, this wasn't an NWA title match. This was just. This is Carpentier. Let Carpentier do Carpentier stuff and be happy and cheer, and then we'll go to the next match. I, I would, I would just like to know if he's got some really good matches in him. That's what. Oh, he or does. Whether he's Joe just Nova? I'm Joe Nova. I'm sure he does. No. Well, <laughs> do you know what I mean, though, Pete? Like, it's hard to get a measure of what Carpentier oh, yeah, is I, like I, as a worker. I, I totally agree, man. And so I, far, I've just seen the clip, and then and this. Uh, just mediocrity. Well, wait, wait. We watch, I watched that one uh, from the Chicago. Footage. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of. No, I haven't watched the one great. with Vern. There's a lot of fifty stuff out there of them. Oh, no, I, I watched the one with Vern. It's 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 fucking great. Yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't watched it. I'm just saying. Is he just? It, is he just Flash though, Johnny, or is he more than that? Well, no, it's a lot of Flash, but you know, yet Vern's doing like you know, he's he's a wrestler ground thing, and he's doing like stuff that would be flashy because of 1950 whatever. But uh, he's it, it's good, you know. I just because yeah, like here we don't get any feeling of how, if he's good at selling. Is he good at making the opponent? look Oh good? yeah, he's selling that we, one. We right now we know he's good in uh, making himself look good with his flip floppy stuff. Yeah, that's all this was. This was an old man. Looking really good against a young, frustrated, tubby guy who's about to cry uh, because it's just unfair. <laughs> but yeah, that match with Avern, uh, I, I can't give you a breakdown on it because I watched it like like five months ago. But yeah, it was really good. <laughs> Okay, well let's uh, let's let's move on then, um, because no, I, I mean I just wanted to, you know, is Carpentier basically just a spot monkey or is he more? Because, um, but my sense during the Briscoe clip that we saw, which is only four or five minutes, is that he looked amazing in that match, in that little clip. But you know, all right, um, Bobby Duncombe then, big Bobby Duncombe. Um, taking on Victor Rivera. Now here we go in the curfew slot. Pete uh, Rivera with a great drop kick uh, mm-hmm. to start, and Duncan takes a pretty damn big bump for him. Um, uh, Duncan is teasing a foreign object early in the match. Uh, we get a little wrist lock battle. Uh, Duncan's in control. Uh, you can tell Rivera really likes those drop kicks as he's busts out a few of them. Um, and I want to say Rivera looks like he's a pretty good worker, real spry. 
Um, I don't know if he's a, one of them great workers or he's one of those guys who needs a good partner to have a good match. Uh, hopefully we can find out. Um, I really have, he's a guy I've really never really looked at. Uh, when we get the uh, dreaded uh, uh, curfew draw. Um, and so the match, it, it was okay. You know, it wasn't offen- offensive or anything. Nothing great, uh, but it makes me want to see more Victor Rivera. Uh, Johnny? Duncan Rivera, uh, I was, we, we joked about this on the last show. Uh, this did not suck. And uh, Victor Rivera is a miracle worker because Bobby Duncan was not good. And, I mean, he's passable. You know, he's good enough. Yeah, you know, he's good enough. Uh, between the 75 footage and the, the uh, 79 to 80s, um, I never realized just how much of a goddamn WWF mainstay Bobby Duncan was. He's all over all this shit. <laughs> it's just every a coincidence. Around, yeah. <laughs> every time we turn around, there's a fucking Bobby Duncan I know. match, and I'm not excited. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to put this out. Did anybody else get the sense that actually he was actually pretty good here? Duncan no, he was dead. He was oh, oh, 75, yeah. Well, he was he was one of those young lions I was talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> but I'm, I'm guessing if he did stick around New York long enough, he just kind of, you know, got yeah, lazy. Yeah, he was just a bland you know. Um, you know, his partner was always his partner was always better than him. Uh, for the I, that I, I, from, I mean, from Patera to uh, whoever. Hanson. Uh, Hanson. They were always better. But he was over enough to be to justify his being there yeah mm-hmm. and he was a name that drew some interest and he's someone you could always throw in a tag i always thought he was better in tag matches uh, oh yeah um and stuff uh he was a guy he, he seems oh, to wait, be wait. like a go-to kind of stopgap b or c level challenger yeah yeah. The... yeah yeah i would say b level He's not A level for sure, but he's B. Yeah, no, He'll get B-level. two shows. He he would get the first match, then he would get a rematch. That's that's. Yeah. It. Yeah. Well, what was it? The Black and Blue Express. We Black and Blue Express. NWA. It was him and who? Patera. Patera. Uh, uh, One like, of the greatest names. Matches. So, yeah. yeah, the greatest names ever, yeah. and uh, I enjoyed them. But uh, uh, of course, we got our stupid fucking friendly douchebag announcer. Here's a gentleman who needs no introduction. So he gives him two. The Grand Wizard. Wizard. <laughs> you stupid son. If he doesn't need an introduction, he he doesn't need two. <laughs> you know? He's, so, uh, he's awful. Uh, uh, the recognized Puerto Rican champion. So this was a night of champions. <laughs> yes. Madison Square Garden. Because we had, of course, the, the the Worldwide Wrestling Federation champion Bruno San Martino, the um, Nazi champion uh, <laughs> Waldo von Erich, and the, the Puerto Rican champion <laughs> Victor Rivera. So, uh, so, I, I, somewhere, uh, Carlos Colon sat up. <laughs> did the Undertaker sit up? You know. He did the Undertaker sit up. Uh, thought too hard and started bleeding. <laughs> I like to imagine Carlos Cologne like bleeds if he gets an idea because it's, <laughs> it's just that mush. Was know? he active in seventy five? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. No, Cologne had a run in New York in the late '60s. Uh, actually, he's he's from Brooklyn. Like he's not born. He's not a native Puerto Rican. He's from uh, Brooklyn. He just relocated. He bought into the the territory yeah. in about '73. Do or die. He he was he was the Puerto Rican version of of, of that New York mafia, and uh, knew he couldn't buy in yeah. to that and bought in where he could. That's why that's he, he was like the it's like Godfather two. Okay, instead of Cuba, it's Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that whole that's why you know. Yeah, and Monsoon had his fingers in that one. Yeah, he had some. Yeah, they all had their fingers in that. Okay, they all had their fingers in that. They all taking a little piece of that pie. <laughs> Vince, uh, when he was doing the foreign object spot, he actually he's gigging Victor Rivera. Yeah, I, like, I hear oh, that. Yeah, this is the he's he's breaking caffeine. As you got towards the end of this, you did notice people leaving. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Number one, I the what going to spots. I, I enjoyed it, but the whole Rivera just throwing um, Duncan into the mat face first thing. Just, those just looked shitty, and it was just like no one, you know, they're both tired or whatever. But I would hate I hate that spot to begin with, and this didn't look good. But anyway. Watching the people leave slowly uh, was became my hobby towards the end of this match. I especially like the brother who stands up, checks his watch, goes, damn, uh, puts on his jean jacket and splits. And it's all it's nonverbal, but through body language, you see him go like, damn, what time? Is damn, I got fucking. <laughs> gotta go get laid, man. Damn, Monday night. I know this is 1975 down 33rd Street. I'm getting my ass home before I get fucking killed. Uh, <laughs> God damn, and people are just—they're leaving, like, not in droves, because there's still a lot of people hot for the match. But yeah. you see people like getting up, taking their jackets. And yeah, like, oh, oh, we gotta get out of here. Uh, I love at one point you hear a guy in the crowd go, He's got a foreign object, you bastard. <laughs> Talking to the ref, by the way. Uh, you bastard. <laughs> He's got a foreign object. Uh, and then as the match ends and the curfew is up, our our friend, friendly fucking child molester looking dude, uh, goes he can't wait to get out of there and i don't know go jerk off to kitty porn because he just he goes ladies and gentlemen it's over <laughs> up the ramp get lost did it scram he's like he's pointing at the ramp telling them up the fucking ramp out now this ends I love this and uh, I love how much I hate him and I kind of like hate love uh, that this ended with him yelling at us to get fucking lost <laughs> not, not so friendly now are you Bob yeah, yeah you're friendly now are we yeah see uh, he's the goddamn worst uh, he's my uh, I have a I have Whirly <laughs> as my ref I hate and now I have 
friendly fuckface. Uh, Bob Creed. Bob Creed. He stinks. <laughs> it is amazing that that is his only job, and he can't like. Mm, he's horrible at it. Read out names. It's the worst. And <laughs> <laughs> how do you, you, your case? Yeah, y'all gotta get out of here now. Uh, you can't go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming to Madison Square Garden. Uh, the please leave orderly up the ramp. No, it's up the ramp now. Now, Caddy, before we go on to your thoughts on mm-hmm. the match, Victor Rivera, have we come across him before? Yeah. Oh, yeah, a couple Man times. Hell, that great brawl with the Blackjacks. Yeah, yeah. that, a tag match with uh, Strongbow against uh, Duncan oh, and oh, Kowalski. <laughs> I just want to mention within the, the match itself, that bump he takes over the top rope is fucking man-sized. The, this was Victor Rivera carrying him. He was a super worker in this match. We, 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 there's another Rivera, though, right? Who is not him. There's several. This is, this is, several this is not Riveras. the guy who's a jobber in the 80s. Right? No, no. No, we've gone over this before. Remember, it's the Rivera conundrum. Don't get them all... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm being sucked into the whirlpool, the the dark tunnel of Rivera. There's far. Don't you remember that Sir Arthur Arthur Conan Doyle uh, uh, story, the Rivera conundrum? Yes. <laughs> there's there's Jose Jose. Yep. Jose Luis Rivera. Yep. Johnny Rivera. Johnny Rivera and this guy. Yep. Jose. Okay. So there's there's yeah, four. When you call them Jose. Jose. The four Riveras. They should have been a stable at some point. Or a singing group. <laughs> In the fifties. He's about he's about to start to tag him with uh, Titan's favorite Dominic Dinucci. Yes, yes, I've noticed. No, Rivera was a big star uh, in New York. I mean, he was. He was never. He wasn't a jobber, right? He was a proper. Oh yeah. He was, yeah, upper, uh, yeah, upper mid, well, yeah, maybe, I don't know about upper mid card, but definitely mid card. He was not a jobber. He no, 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 no. He was one of the no. star guys. Yeah. He was, part, he was part of that crew. Yeah. He would have he been, if the, the Intercontinental, if the Intercontinental title was around, he would have been in that division, I reckon. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 that's a good point. He would have been the Intercontinental point. champion. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Well, what what did you make of him here? I thought he yeah. yeah I thought he was great with the drop kicks and um like his uh, near fall spots were really well timed too. Uh, I thought later, and yeah yeah he's uh, someone that doesn't get talked about a lot. But if you look at his history, he's definitely someone that was a name, and it's hard to judge how good he was. I mean, we'll see some more of him. And uh, I would I would use the term talk at all. I mean, no one talks about him. No, no, he's he's a lost lost worker. Uh, I would just say, watching this match, he killed himself. It was this was this was your proverbial uh, dancing with a broomstick match. Yeah, like every major bump he took was him bumping himself around the ring. Mm-hmm. To make uh, Duncan look good. Yeah, he strikes me as a real um, flashy worker for the time frame. Um, 
I would I really like to see him get like fifteen minutes or or so with with a with another guy from that era, like maybe even a Greg Valentine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would have been a good match. See, yeah, and see uh, how really good of a worker he really is. You know, it's one thing to be a great bumper and making a guy look good, but it's another thing to have a great match. I'm just uh, I see, and I think uh, great. You're right, but I also think that great worker is someone who can take a Bobby Duncan and uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I'm not just dissing that. I, I was talking about if does he have it in him to have a great one-on-one singles match, and I, I right. don't know. I've never seen. I, I don't think we have the footage to yeah. judge. And um, I don't know if they book it. Uh, and it, yeah, exactly. He's often booked did, in no, the no, curfew. No, no, did he end up? Uh, I, I could swear, but didn't he end up like in that like lame California promotion at the end? being old and shit yeah you uh you brought that up once in the mid 80s yeah, yeah, it was him it was him i, I always get mixed probably, up probably yeah I've, I've never seen it so i don't know he seems like you'd have a good match with johnny rods in him can he yeah yeah well i haven't found that one yet but oof, I, i've oh, been I'm looking positive, i'm positive it happened it, i'm sure it happened whether it's available or not we, i think the I main issue with victor rivera is that i literally i i'm not i'm not saying this to I, there is about five or six of these Puerto Rican guys who were all around this time. I haven't got a fucking clue who any of them are. There's, <laughs> there's Jose Estrada, Victor Rivera, the, 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 all the, all of the Riveras. Maybe maybe Estra- maybe Parv's the black secret. <laughs> Estrada and how, is that is that it? Just the f- three different guys called Rivera and Estrada. Are there any other guys? Right, yeah, like, three Riveras. Three Riveras and an Estrada. Yeah. Well, they all look the same, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I just, it's just so difficult to keep track of who's who. Uh, well, and they don't have like, clearly defined characters or anything. You know, it's, it's yeah. yeah well, I, no, know. I would say Victor, okay, Victor Rivera has a very distinctive face. Yeah, no, he does. He does. He's got very cool looking uh, little goatee. He's, he's, he's got. A, he's got a, like a movie star like face going on. He's Desi Arnaz. Right. Wow. It's facially. He, I don't know. I, just, I don't know how good he plays the drums. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say Victor Rivera. He, he's kind of a uh, kind of reminds me of uh, the Rivera we just watched. Reminds me of. Uh, a Candido in a way where he was a guy who bumped real well, makes his opponents look good, but he never really, I mean, he had some good, really good matches, but it never translated to having great matches. Yeah. But again, I mean, we don't have the footage. To yeah. do, and he had a whole run in LA over the years, like several years in LA and there's nothing out there of that. So yeah, this is all me. Great generalization. Generalizing. Yeah. He looks like he'd have a great match in him to me. Yeah. Um, and I actually thought now, he was now, really good. Too. Now, would that be like whatever goes on about like you know the holy grail shit, and we keep falling back on it, especially on this show, the L.A. stuff. Uh, yeah. From the sixties has got to be and early seventies or most yeah, of the seventies. The holy grail of like you know all we have is like Dave. Going, yeah, this is great. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and San Francisco too would be amazing. San Francisco, San Francisco too. Yeah. There's about, I would say, at least twelve hours of that stuff out there. Oh, that's yeah, nothing. the late late seventies when it was dying. Really though, yeah. nothing from the prime years. Or just the TV shows. I mean, yeah. 
build stuff. You know, I would love to see all. That. Yeah, it it, it could, would be. The we greatest. could have a look at the stuff that's there on a future. Yeah, 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 for sure. But it's, no, I mean, the, the golden age is... Maybe, maybe there's a little bit of Rivera match in there. For us. Yeah, maybe. I See, I'm more interested in finding that stuff, not just for matches, but to watch the, the angle. show. The angle, yeah. see how they, how they did presented it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there is the, uh, the so-called Bill Watts duplex tapes, which uh, somebody sent me a while back. Is that an apartment wrestling? <laughs> The, the Bill Watts duplex is where he kept his is where he would keep Black Dark Journey. Journey. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that, that was just that was his black secret. <laughs> we, we, should, we should probably talk about this off air. <laughs> we should probably talk about this off air. But uh, sure. oh my, is Bill Watts gonna come kick our ass. <laughs> well, I, can't, I guess. But there's there's a bunch of stuff from like uh, with Blassie on it and a bunch of other stuff. I'll, but I'll I'll send you the listings later. Cool. Um. Anyway, let's uh, let's get back on to this match because I actually thought that this wasn't bad at all. Um, nope. Had really high end offense for the for the period. I thought we got some really nice suplexes and backbreakers and Rivera just you know jumping all over the ring, um, trying to make Duncan look good. And I thought Duncan looked the best we've ever seen him. Oh, I yeah. thought this was easily the match of the night, personally, Bob. Mm. Oh. Wow. Mm. So, yeah, I enjoyed this one a good bit. Parv's the Spot Monkey fan of 1975. Yeah, totally. And he's making up that he can't, uh, he feels bad because he can't actually know if this is really the right Rivera is talking about. It's like the stuff you watch like from modern day Spotty guys. Like, this is terrible, but I like my spot. I like my Spotty guys like this. He's got to justify his Rivera racism and uh, <laughs> raise it higher. Right, okay, Pete. If you're such an expert, you t- you go through all of the guys and tell me who they are. I, I don't. <laughs> I mean, but I, but I but if I saw them in front of me, I'd be able to tell you which one they were. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, who is it? Who is Jose, Who is Estrada? He's Jose a jobber. Estrada. He's also played. He was a conquistador. Yeah, Estrada's Estrada's a early eighties jobber, right? Right. Um. Uh, see, see, part part here in America. Part here in America, we we uh, interact on a daily basis with Latinos and get to know. I'm that from they Texas. Don't. How right. the, the community? No, this is not an anti. Uh, this is not an anti Latino <laughs> thing. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. You can't <laughs> recognize it. No, it's not anti. You're not anti. Any, any pronunciation, their names are just hideous. You're, no, no, you're not. You're not anti. You just think they all look alike. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, very, it's just very difficult to just because it's like it's not like we see a sustained run for any of them. It's always like a match here or a match there or one of the fifteen guys against Andre or whatever. You know, Parv can only tell apart Mexicans <laughs> by the color of their masks. <laughs> <laughs> That's why everybody likes lucha, really. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That's why. That's why El Olimpico's mask is the worst. <laughs> Makes it makes it too confusing. He looks like one of the Riveras now. Hey, it is a barrier. It's a barrier for, it is a barrier to get into Lucha. It's like which 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 one is Atlantis now? The one with the silver mask or the one with the slightly off silver mask? How the fuck am I meant to know? <laughs> oh gosh! Four mask guys. 
Right, okay. What's going on? No, 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 no. Kelly Kelly wins Joke of the Night Award. Holy shit. You're the best. (laughs) What do you say, Mr. Oh, see? Talking. You got to listen back. Yes. Got to listen to the show. All right, let's let's wrap this up. Come on. Um, Mm -hmm. Who was the match of the night then, Uh, Pete, if it's not this one? I was going to go Valentine Olympico. Are we done? Is this it? Yeah, this is it. Oh, I watched two more matches. Jesus. That's for the next show. Oh, great. I'm ahead. It was a different card. (laughs) (laughs) I put the listing on on PWO. You did. I threw the disc, and then I I pulled it up. I'm like, oh, he didn't put the last two on. Maybe that was a – he just got lazy. What's funny, what's funny is the, the the previous 75 show, I watched the Ultimore match. That's right. uh, <laughs> it is going <laughs> to... Uh, that's cool. I'm ahead of the game. Yep. Yeah, you got your, yeah, your early... So I was already talking about the Bruno uh, match uh, earlier, about how great the presentation was with... Uh, uh, this was... Waldo Von Eric. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll get to that. Teasing, yeah. So you're going with the Greg El Olimpico. Oh match. yeah, I thought that was by far the best match tonight. Mm, okay, uh, Johnny. Oh, Bruno Arian. Hmm. Kelly. Mm. <sighs> I I kind of want to go with Carponti and Big Joe Nova just to Canadian stick it to you guys. I, well, actually, Carponti was from France. He just lived in Montreal for a long time. Oh, um, Oh, he was adopted to Canadian, kind of like Moscow was adopted. Yeah, know your facts, Johnny. Factoids, <laughs> Mister uh, Mister Historian over there. I always no, I always thought he was French Canadian. No, like you fucking uh, adopted Alexander Fleming as well. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> the only Alexander Fleming uh, reference you'll ever hear on yeah. a wrestling podcast, probably. No, but, there was there was on that show I did with Stephen Graham. Oh Parv wow. is the only person. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember what show. I don't even know if I was on a show or if we were just talking. But somebody will know. Somebody listening will know. Right. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go. Uh, with, I'm gonna go with Bruno and, yeah, and fuck, Arian. Yeah, I'm allergic to fucking the penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Arian versus uh, Bruno. Yeah, it, it was a, a big time match and. You know, I'd seen it before, and I'll probably end up watching it again someday. And I don't know if I can say that about any of the other matches. So, yeah. Arian just looks so villainous is one of the things I love about him. He just yep. he just looks like a heel. Oh, yeah, he does. I'm going with uh, Bobby Duncan versus Victor Rivera. Uh, MVP performance, Pete. And Oh, and I gave that match three stars. I can't remember if I mentioned that. Uh, MVP, Pete. Valentine. Johnny? Um, a Waldo. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I'll go back to Waldo. Yeah, Waldo was freaking... Because I also watched the other match, so I'll go Waldo. No, that doesn't count. I'll go keep it with Valentine. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's cheating. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't count. I'm cheating on our official... That doesn't show. count. I know. <laughs> we have rules. Hey, no, no. The only game, the only uh, podcast that's going to have rules is Brain Buster coming at the end of this month. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um... 
I'm yeah. I'm gonna go with Waldo too. Yeah, he was the best performer, I will say, of the evening. I will go with Victor Rivera. So there we go. <laughs> I thought Victor Rivera was really terrific in that match, and uh, he was. Yeah, he was. He was my number no, two. No, no argument. Uh, he was. He was so fantastic. MVP performance from Victor Rivera, and uh, worst performer. Interesting, Pete. Oh. Uh, There's only one answer. <laughs> Man, uh... everyone in that ring is a performer. There's only one answer. I'm gonna go with uh, Padusiak or whatever his name is. <laughs> Padusiak. He's Polish Greek. <laughs> Polish Greek. Stasiak. <laughs> Produce us. There we go. Paid USA. But however you said it the other day, Parv. Paid me. Paid, paid USA. Paid USA. That's the Dick Cheney character. Johnny, come on. Worst uh, performer. Friendly fucking ring announcer, douchebag guy. Friendly Bob Freed. Bob Freed. He's the. I, I, the, the, just the dirt worse. I, enjoy, I I think I'm like enjoying him because he's so bad. I yep. want more. <laughs> well, we're gonna get more. <laughs> but this was was I mean, was he drunk? Just, Maybe, probably. You know when Vince Senior puts him out of his misery. When? No, I'm just I'm on. Oh, him. I know. <laughs> you do the research. I figured you do. Well, I figure I we got at least a good year left in him, maybe. <laughs> He's the worst, and I, 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 I was—he was angering me the entire time, and nothing. You know, you guys know me. I never get angry watching wrestling. Maybe this is his last. Maybe this was the one that got him fired. You know, because you no, know, maybe he was fired right before the show. Oh uh, yeah, it and got fucked up, and then at, that's why his pronunciation is worse in the early matches. Uh, and by the end, he just is sober with a hangover. We, we don't what's, get. What's everyone to get the fuck out of here? We I don't mean, get Philly shows in this time frame, do we, Kelly? In this uh... TV? Yeah. Uh, uh, we get a, a little more into 76, I think, is when we yeah. get the TV footage. Oh, uh, Dick and Carl there? Uh, oh, Philly footage. Oh, sorry. I thought you said meant. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you meant Allentown or uh, just TV footage. Uh, no, Philly footage doesn't start until uh, late '77, and then it's um, Vince and, and and Dick at first. Remember? Vince and Dick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, no. no I, was, I was just wondering. Uh, you know, where, I'd like that, to hear. Um, I'd like to hear Cal like ragging on uh, friendly Freed. I don't think Freed went anywhere other than the Garden. I think this was his only. Uh, gig. I was just wondering if uh, if Capetta, you know, it, like how young can Capetta possibly get? <laughs> I think Capetta started in '76, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who no, eh, this free guy, Dick, he stinks. Where, where was uh, who was your worst performer, Kenny? Ah, uh, Pedusas, paid USA. And, uh, I don't think we'll ever see him again. So I don't. I didn't think he was that bad. Really? I just ugh, I don't know. 
well, it's, yeah, it's, I, I, that's the thing. I didn't think anyone was really bad today. I thought everyone was. I thought there was just a lot of mediocrity. So when you're picking it, for me, it came down to who was like the most bland, and that it was him. Yeah. No, uh, I mean that, that, in that match, I, I thought he was perfectly acceptable. Uh, I thought it, everyone was perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I couldn't sink my teeth into pretty much anything today, but yeah, he was just bland, and so was everyone on the show to me uh, for the most uh, part. There's a lot of. I thought he was bland. I thought uh, Duncan was bland. I mean, I don't want to say everyone. That's a, that's painting a big picture. Um, I thought, uh, you know, I thought those two guys were battling it out, and you could. Yeah, Bruno and Arion, you know, whether you like the match or not, nothing bland. Yeah, yeah it's not bland. bland. Um, Carponte is not bland. Carponte, yeah, you could put big. Waldo. Nova's not. Waldo's it was just <laughs> Duncan and. I was the bland Nazi. I don't know. Peduthus was definitely bland. <laughs> Well, for me, it's between Nova and Bob Freed. Because uh, he was awful. <laughs> oh, poor one of the Nova. Worst. Nova I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Friendly. Nova was trying. At least. I'm going to go with Friendly Bob Freed for being so bad there at his go. job. There's the majority. He should have been fired if he wasn't. Valentin. <laughs> um, okay. Really? And you got to know, Vince Jr., who's not running stuff, is at ringside. And when he heard that fat piece of shit say Valentine, you know that in his mind somewhere he went, if I was on the show, this shit wouldn't happen. Yeah, that's my one of my notes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of public speaking, and if I don't know how to say a word or something, I go and try to find out how to say it, because I don't want to look like a, a dipshit in front of all these people, let alone... 20,000, 25,000 in MSG. I sure in hell be learning everyone's name. <laughs> he, he can't even say just normal words. Just normal. No. No, 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 and, he, just... and he has it written on a list. He could have hyphenated it out for himself. No, imagine he, every February 14th, he gives his fat wife a Valentine card. <laughs> I know, that's so stupid. Happy <laughs> Valentine's Day, honey. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> no, if we weren't Catholic, I'd divorce you. Like, what? Uh, what are we doing next time, Kenny? Next time we're heading back to the friendly confines of 1981. Friendly, friendly, really? Yeah. <laughs> friendly, friendly list. Yes, back in the machine, going back and forth. Um, I'll just sort of give some of the highlights for the next uh, show instead of going like match, match by match. Sure. Um. We're going to see Sergeant Slaughter's last match, matches, last matches uh, in this run of his, and he heads off to the Carolinas. So that's one thing. Um, We're going to see more Don Morocco. Yes. Yes, we're going to see a lot of Don Morocco in the coming uh, shows, definitely. Um, We're going to see... My, my <laughs> we're going to see another Morocco Pedro Morales match this time from Madison Square Garden. So let's see how that one compares to the Philly one that was pretty boring. Um, we've got Moon Dogs versus Guria and Martel again for the tag titles. Uh, the good Moon Dogs now. Yeah, they've had two good matches those uh, teams. So I have hopes for this I one. Have hopes on that match. Yeah. Martel's there, so there's yeah. always hope. And, no, the, the Moondog switch has happened, so... 
Yeah, and part of you could watch the Martell match with some romantic music on in the background. So yeah. Good. Yeah, there's a lot of... with Martell and the Moondogs. That sounds romantic. Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of Moondogs. We got Solo Rex twice. Once against Andre the Giant, who is back now. His ankle is better. Yeah, probably. And the once against Bob Backlund on TV. So, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of Greg Valentine in 1975, look who's back. 1981, Greg Valentine is back in the territory. Um, So we're going to get... Yeah, another run out of Greg, and this is a good one. What would happen if if that Greg Valentine met 75 Greg Valentine? Ooh. He would have said... It'd be Ronnie Garvin versus Greg Valentine. (laughs) He would have said, said, nice hair, bro. Yeah, good hair. Or or that. (laughs) Oh, and we have a debuting. Valentine Valentine could just come and go as he wanted until Vince said, we're doing an exclusive. Yeah, he came back every like few he, years. He could just come and go as he Well, I th- the 75 thing, I think that was it. That was just the one shot in, in New York. Oh, okay. I don't think... It wasn't a run. No, he didn't He didn't have a run in 75. Oh, oh I like Yeah, it, it, no. I was, actually, I was like, really? I was looking forward to more. You know? No, okay. no, no, he didn't. A lot of guys well, just came in for him. one shots at the Garden. That, well, you could tell they weren't watching, because I would have given him a run if I was... Uh... Fuck Yeah. <laughs> He it was. My, he would have been my IC champion. <laughs> fuck Spongebob. Oh, Let's get Valentine on the fuck card. Fuck Morocco. No, well, it... Really, well, well, no, no. no the, 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 this gives you, like, the, the, the idea of the different way of thinking that was going on. That They weren't thinking, like, look at this young guy. He's a like, young stud. We're going to keep him here. It just wasn't what they were thinking at the time. No, no. The, they had the young guys come into New York as, like, a... Like these were guys they had a lot of respect for and knew they were going to be big stars, and it, and sending them to New York for one shot was like a way of saying, okay, you're, you know, we like you. Uh, we're going to give you a New York, a New York payday, and give you a taste of the big time. You know, they, they you'll see all these guys, um, yeah. like Tommy see Rich goes years. in, yeah. See you in a few years. Uh, yeah, see you in a few years because you'll if you look over the list, there's a ton yeah, of guys. Or, or or see you in a few years, or this was it. This was your MSG moment. Yeah, that too. My Piper in seventy something. And- Piper has Dick Murdoch has one in seventy nine, and I and then he didn't come back until much later. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys. It was just something. That's just what they did. But anyway, back to nineteen eighty one. Um, we got a debuting Kurt Hennig uh, coming up in nineteen eighty one. Yes, he was. I'm barely in into the business at this point. What was he? What was he? Seventeen. He was. Yeah, he was very young, um, and he actually yeah. has a like a couple year run, yeah, off and on. Oh no, he was there a while. Pretty much, while. yeah, like a Rick McGraw type guy, like a uh, a good jobber. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was underneath and, uh, Eddie uh, Gilbert's another one that comes yep, in. Eddie it. Gilbert, he, he was on. Yeah, him and Eddie Gilbert were at that same role of yeah, uh, those yep. two guys, and they traveled with I think Buddy Rose because they were yep, big. Yep. Uh, yep. And yeah, and big Buddy Rose mark. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna see uh, Henning in the coming uh, months too, and Pete has a treat for us actually on this Ooh. show. You're gonna have to provide us with the um, Sergeant Slaughter versus Pat Patterson Philadelphia. Alley fight. Oh, we'll do. Ooh. Yeah, because we'll that fits in with the time frame. 
Yeah, so we'll have that. That'll be Ooh, Sarge's nice. Sarge's official send off match. Uh, one more time. Oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. Pete, have you seen this? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to uh, reveal anything. Just give me this much. Give the listeners this much. Uh, that type of match in Philly is it a fucking blast. I think you're going to be disappointed. Uh, okay, no. Okay, let me rephrase that. Would I think it's a fucking blast? <laughs> yeah, you might. You might. That then that means that, that most uh, normal thinking people. And I was going to ask: so, should, I throw, should I throw up the uh, the Patterson Slaughter uh, Philly match uh, before this, uh, the the? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You may as well. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. We got to yeah more part more surge. We got to complete the whole. You know, what, feud. You know it's a, I don't even care if it's not as good as anything. Yeah. Patterson Sarge at that time period, even a, a quote unquote so so. I'm sure is really fun to watch. Right. So yeah. Plus, let's, let's, Dick and Cal on commentary. Let's not forget. Ah, uh, he's he's. Uh, it's gonna be. We haven't seen a lot of Dick and Cal lately, so we'll get some more of them. And yes. Yeah. So that's can, that's next time. You can never get enough Dick and Cal. No, no, really, you can't. <laughs> All right. Well, see you next time for the Titans of Wrestling. Has intervened in this match. This match is declared a draw. A draw. Ladies and gentlemen, please right, use the ranks. Wrestling match declared a draw here. The final match here tonight in Madison Square Garden. That wraps up the wrestling action tonight. We certainly hope you enjoyed it. Vince McMahon, along with Andrew Tomato, saying so long from ringside here in Madison Square Garden.